This episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain name, website, or online store, make your next move with squarespace.com slash co-optional. gentlemen welcome welcome to the co-optional podcast here on the 29th of march 2017 i've lost my hat it is a stressful day <laughs> the hat is missing this everyone is... never stop everything your wife in your office the compressor was unplugged i don't know where my hat is my carefully organized piles of junk office they're gone i don't they're on shelves and things they're in the places where they shouldn't be i don't even know anymore we're doing it live we're doing it hatless is what we're doing it we are doing it live this show typically is not live but today we're doing it live. yeah most of the time you know it's for the last five years this show has been pre-recorded and we've simply pretended that it was live but today we are in fact doing it live no All doubt. those times that we freaked out at people in chat, we made those people up. We did. Fuckers, you're too we, deep. You we actually set up a bot, right? Well, those are all bots at a specific time, knowing, of course, what we'd be talking about because it was all pre-recorded. We set right. those bots up to insult us in a way that we could easily deflect and look cool by doing it. So, you know, that's how it was done. Simple as that. You're welcome. So- There's your peek behind the curtain. Indeed. Speaking I'm of not- a man who looks cool while he's doing it, Mr. Ty Tuesday, welcome to the show. Hi, hello. I'm I'm here. Hi. Uh, yeah. Hey. We did a phenomenal job of bringing you in on Wednesday and ruining everything. <laughs> <gasps> you got wait. You and Jesse both have this shit is on fire, dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. Got mine hanging out in the back. Nice. It- so excited. That seems like it's some sort of ill omen for the show. <laughs> When two of the shit on fire, on fire dogs fire appear, the mascot of the co-optional podcast, the harvest shall be plagued with locusts. Blood will rain from the sky. Our release list will be infested by terrible video games. Not, actually, that happens regularly, so I guess that's not really omen related. Never mind. Mm-hmm. It's just a really busy day. Okay, I'm gonna get on a plane very soon to go to Seattle to fix oh, the internet. Is this is this is fine. Lots of things. Yes, everything is indeed fine. This is I am entirely content with this situation as we everything burn to death fine. and melt. Don't worry about it. Thankfully, something which is not burning to death and melting is our sponsor today, squarespace.com slash co-optional. Head on over there for 10% of your first order and a free trial. Make your own beautiful website at squarespace.com. No talent or experience required. We'll be letting you know a little bit more about that later in the show. We apologize again. We had to reschedule. Uh, I was not feeling well yesterday, and Drew, unfortunately, had a last-minute schedule conflict, so hopefully we'll be getting him on a future episode. However, bravely stepping into the breach with us, shoulder-to-shoulder musket at the ready, Mr. Ty Tuesday, purveyor of the finest Let's Play from uh, the School of Slow Beef, I believe. Yeah, yeah. One of many Padawan. 
Oh, I knew you sucked. Yeah, gar- garbage you. pile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Professional garbage pile. Thanks, Jesse. Yep. <laughs> Forged in the fires. That guy's that a jerk. Place. Indeed. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, I don't even guy. know why we let him be there. Oh, he's part Ew, of our little group now. All he does is just complain and link bad comedy skits. Ugh. Yeah, none, no, we don't. Do yeah. That. We're, we're only into the finest, most highbrow comedy here on this show. That I can tell you, guarantee you for a fact. That's what we like to tell the sponsors anyway. We assume that the show's too long for them to bother listening to it. So I think that's how I get away with... I don't know if any of you guys checked this out lately, but uh, there's been a bit of kerfuffle on YouTube about the so-called restricted mode. It's been around for like five years, but it's come into the fore recently because certain videos that probably shouldn't have been put under it have been put on under it. And... I went and I was just curious as to which of my videos were restricted. And I had an on my channel. I went on another account, turned on restricted mode. And I think the only ones that aren't restricted are, in fact, the co-optional podcast episodes that are full of swearing and sexual jokes. <laughs> no, this is a show for everyone, for all ages. This is. They this need is. to know the truth about the gams. Something like that. And by gams, we mean sweet, sweet legs that we like yeah. to lick up and down. Right, YouTube? Right? Yes, that, right. that's how it works. You know, I, I, we were going through people and we were asking, because right. uh, people were curious about Restricted. I asked Kriken. It's like, hey, Kriken, turn on Restricted mode and tell me how many videos are available on your channel. And he turned it on and he sends me a screenshot that says, whoops, looks like there are no videos uploaded here yet. <laughs> and I was like, wow. That sounds right, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. It's... Just, uh, just amazing. Yeah, so apparently nothing on Kraken's channel is suitable for people eight and under. Good to know. Thankfully, that's not the audience we're aiming for on this show. But it is the only audience we would ever get on this channel if those people happen to stumble across it. <laughs> YouTube, you're doing a fine job there. Thank you very much for the age gating. Has very it, much appreciated. Yeah, has it been confirmed whether or not that's attached to YouTube heroes, or if that's a separate thing? Uh, we no. we think it's algorithmic, uh, from okay. what we know. Like, YouTube's been really cagey about it, and it's very they are inconsistent. very bad at telling us exactly what's going on ever. You are totally <laughs> right on that one, no doubt about did it. They build a, did they build a program to try and machine learn all the ways to say fuck? Yep, pretty <laughs> much. And so... uh, that's oh, mostly man. how they're doing the ad-friendly stuff. That's how they've demonetized a lot of that. It's a combo of... Uh, Supposedly, this algorithm can detect certain things in the thumbnail. It can detect certain words. And of course, video game content's pretty easy to match because they have a database of that. I mean, it can even tell just by looking at it what kind of video, which video game it is. So, of course, they have a list in their database of what's clearly not going to be, you know, family friendly, etc. I think my favorite of those is one of my buddies had a World of Warships highlight reel with just, with, uh, like, yodeling underneath it and that got flagged immediately Disgusting. Like day one nothing like worse than yodeling a, in boats nothing no. worse than yodeling <laughs> and boats or yodeling on boats if you're gonna go even <laughs> further to the extreme no 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 that's like nc-17 shit i agree that video, that video that we recorded for uh um divinity original sin 2 dukes where yeah. it's literally we it's just me walking around as a dwarf uh-huh. that, got, that got flagged as like super inappropriate I immediately fought it, and they were like, we'll look into this. And then, of course, they were like, oh, yeah, no, there's nothing here. Like, it blew my mind. They're just like, F it. We're going to flag everything. I was like, what are you talking about? It's a have- it's a dwarf <laughs> walking at a camera. That's right. 90% of the video. Um, Yeah, I don't even know how to turn on restricted mode. 
You, yes. um, it's hidden right down the bottom. So if you go, uh, best log into another account, because I bet you're curious now, aren't you? Log I into am. another account, <laughs> scroll all the way down to the bottom of the window, and there's a little tab there that says restricted mode, and you can just. I gotta do this. Yeah. Oh, restricted mode off, restricted mode on. Yeah, why make do you, sure why not do you to. Say, why do you say I should do that on a different account? Uh, because if you accidentally lock it, you may never be able to turn it off. So just. It's also apparently what YouTube shows is very much based on your user habits. So if you do on a clean account, you generally get the most accurate read on those kind of things. So it's always very interesting to see what's been restricted, what has not been restricted, and all that kind of thing. And that's um, some people are like, well, a restricted mode wouldn't get ads on it, right? That's totally not true, by the way. Restricted mode has nothing to do with advertising, unless you like Fisher Price. Maybe right. Fisher Price doesn't want to advertise on restricted videos, but most people do. You know, Gillette's not going to have a problem. It's like, yes, Gillette's market, eight-year-olds, sure, yeah. You know, the, most advertisers are totally fine with that kind of thing. Yeah, I think um, Johnson and Johnson pulled all of their ads from YouTube because they're like SC Johnson, a family company, but they kept being put on videos that were not family-friendly at all. It's they were like, like, you know what? Maybe this gamble isn't for us anymore. <laughs> but you mean this Procter and Gamble? Hey, that's a product related joke but yeah it's <laughs> slightly 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 awkward pause to just really put the punctuation on top of that piece of humor here's the thing here's no go for it you go first he's done I, he's done i will say uh that the delightfulness that is restricted mode has Taken off most of my videos, but it has allowed all three episodes of Coxtoberfest Drunken Civilization 6, where I swear. <laughs> and uh, it's allowed every episode of Pit People, which I'm pretty sure we were not good people in. Uh, we were not. We were not good people in Pit People, no. Also, yeah, that, uh, that game, is main mechanic is slavery. So, you know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's so far so good. It's, it's taken off a lot, but the things that oh, there's one video where it's me uh, drinking a lot of cough syrup. That's good for kids. Um, <laughs> so far so good. YouTube, so far so good. <laughs> Restricted mode. It's great. Yeah, all I got is all I have is when searching for the name of my channel is a playlist someone else made of some of my videos. Everything else is blocked. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. They, I, restrict, they hit a lot of videos with restricted mode. Like they are, that's the mode where they're like, screw it. Margin for error. We are just going to assume that everything's bad. And that's the way we're going to go forward with it. A lot of my like gaming stuff is fine. But they, some of my anime videos. Are well, I, anime is totally anime not, is not okay. for everybody. I tell <laughs> you what, anime is terrible. So I mean, maybe they're just saving people from that. So Once the Quapshall Podcast, we do occasionally talk about video games. Coming up in the show, we'll be talking about the games we've been playing this week. And we'll be wrapping up the show with some news. A lot of Blizzard-related stuff coming out this week. Some good, some not so good. And, of course, the release list, which I'm going to be pr pruning during the breaks. There's a lot of not-so-great things in there. I'm sure we can cut that out. Uh, There's maybe a slightly shorter show because I have to get on a plane pretty much straight after this episode to go and fix PC gaming as we know it. So uh, I'll be running very very quickly Here at we the end need. of the show we will not you, know, we don't we'll not, you definitely don't deserve this i'll tell you you get me on a plane t t twice within two days which is to me i i would rather you know chop off my own legs at that point you know it would at least then i wouldn't have to get on the plane <sighs> disgraceful
horrible things. Metal death tubes of flight. Mm. This, I would just wish there was a better way. Anything. Like trains? Yeah. Are you looking for trains? I'm looking for trains. Are you train. talking about trains? I, I'm, re I'm, I'm in the wrong country for that, aren't I? That's... Yeah. I remember we don't when it... value trains nearly as much in America no. as it seems like most of Europe does. Uh, apparently not. I, I, as someone that has actually done Sweden to Newcastle, Northeast England, which sounds theoretically impossible, but you totally can do it, and then has waited... Oh, it took me 14 hours to get from North Carolina to New York. This is after the engine on the front of the train fell off and took an hour to put back on. So that shows how reliable Amtrak is. Yeah, I, this country does not care about trains. And that is, that is very sad. I do take the train every time I've been to Comic-Con. I've taken the train from Los Angeles to San Diego. That's how long nice does it take? train ride. Like two hours. That's two that's hours, good. I yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd be totally happy with that. That's great. You know, even if mm -hmm. driving takes less time, the fact that you don't have to drive, you can just sit and chill with yeah, Wi-Fi. Yeah. That's lovely. With, with Wi-Fi. Yes. Thank you, chat, work. for pointing out that no, the front is not supposed to fall off. Yes, I know. That's not common. <laughs> I've been on a few trains. I have not seen that happen often. It's it's def that may have that may have caused the delay. That's possible. <laughs> oh man. It's it's an interesting ride, though. You see a lot of the country, especially when you're standing still waiting an hour for the freight train to slowly pass because it gets priority on the lines. It's like it's more important that they move large amounts of wooden pallets than actual people, it would seem. It's true. You've got to get them wooden pallets. How would civilization exist without them? Who knows? Ah. How are we supposed to build more Starbucks without more Without wooden, wooden pallets? pallets? Are you telling That's me that Starbucks question. are built entirely out of wooden pallets? True. Fact. And then they bring in the coffee witches, and the coffee witches make it look the way that we see them today. Yep. And I mean, the coffee's made you, of coffee witches. You know more about coffee than I do. Um, yeah. I'm going to just trust, trust you on me. this one. I'm an okay. expert. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk about some of the games we've been playing this week. Now, Jesse, I asked you, and I don't know if you have the time because you're very busy being famous and doing show business kind of things. So famous. But we talked a lot about Mass Effect last week. And yeah, I, I played it. Great. <laughs> I, it. I was very curious because, as I said last week, you're more of a story-orientated, character-orientated sort of person. I'm a more shooty-shooty gameplay, mechanically-orientated kind of person. And I was really curious to know what you thought. And also, Ty, have you had a chance to play the new Mass Effect as of yet? <laughs> no, no. You've only heard of it in Legend. I've... I've I've watched and hung out with some people playing it, but have decided to uh, just, just decide, uh, conscientiously object to playing it. <laughs> I like recently. that. I'm a conscientious <laughs> objector. I mean, as someone that boycotted the third game, I could relate to that in more ways than you know, but yeah. Jenna, I, Jenna's not digging it at all, right? She is and she isn't. Like, okay. For someone that's not digging it at all, she has, I think, already passed me in progress in the course of a day and a uh, half. Okay, so I, when she gets into like, a game God, like I that... I fucking hate this game. <laughs> she, she spent a lot of time on EOS. She's done a lot of the after the main quest kind of side quests in the colony that you get later. And she's had some issues with some characters, but she seems to be getting along with some of the others. So it seems to be a bit of a mixed bag for her. But Jesse, mm -hmm. I, I want to... One, how far have you got so far? Uh, I'm about here's here's the thing story wise I, I haven't like progressed the main story a lot I've been doing what I usually do which is like let's wander around and like do side shit for a bunch so I uh, couldn't tell you how far totally I am in the game 
but I'm doing it. I'm running around uh, doing like side things, trying to get my people's. Uh, basically, I'm uh, choose your own sex scening right now, and I'm trying oh, to okay. win their affections. Yeah. Um, but yo, first off, before we even get to the game, why is it every Bioware game gives you character creation and your character never looks like the character you create? Never. Uh, they are hopeless of that, aren't they? I they can't. Are- I can't figure it out. It's been every game. It's like that. They're like, yeah, you could make your character look cool. And you're, you spent like an hour like, oh, shit, this guy's going to look a badass. Cut to in-game. Looks nothing like the kid. You're like, what the fuck is this guy? Also, what? also, also, beards. <laughs> fuck your beards in this game. The beards <laughs> in this game look like uh, someone glued rocks to the <laughs> face. It looks so gross. Not even moss, just rocks. <laughs> like like gravel. Like someone took gravel <laughs> and rubbed it on the face, and then the color changes and someone painted over the gravel. It is so gross. <laughs> I'm trying to make like the Jesse character so I can bang blue chicks. Nope, not even happening. It is like the guy's face is so gross looking. I had to get a like do away with the beard. I was like, I can't. You I can't. I like how you're role-playing to the point where you actually genuinely believe the characters would take your beard into consideration when deciding whether or not to play the banging cutscene. I'm letting you know it was was something I wanted. It's something I wanted. And then I tried to, like, mess with my twin, and I gave up because literally every character I created, I was like, God, like, what is happening There are literally now tutorials on YouTube about how to not make your character look awful. That's... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Skyrim has a ton of those as well, because uh, Skyrim, I remember Oblivion and just trying for hours to make something that looks human and not Play-Doh. And it's like, look, I'm just going to accept my life as Play-Doh at this point. I want to get into this game and hear me some Patrick Stewart. This is enough of this nonsense. But you're you're totally right. Even the, the default male, in my opinion, looks fine. The default female doesn't and that weirds me out because there's been an increasing focus on you know, from bioware in the mass effect series on femship kind of being the default and i think that yeah, there was a lot of fan exactly. push on that as well to the point where mass effect 3 they when they released the box copy they did a two-sided cover where one was femship and one was maleship because people were like look maleship's boring as fuck femship's amazing we love That's- femship that's that's what I was that's what I was for Ryder. That's what I was trying to do. I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna be uh, Fem Ryder. I don't remember what her actual name is because I changed that shit. But it doesn't matter. Like I was like Sarah Ryder or something. I'm Fem Ryder as well because I thought, yeah, of course, I was Femship. So why wouldn't well, I be Fem Ryder? That's what I wanted to do, and I yeah. was like, cool, I'm gonna make this Jake, and I'm like, this would be great. And I just couldn't. Maybe it's like something about, I don't know, just what you perceive to be you're perfect i like i don't know if it's a me thing like i'm the problem in my perception of what a perfect woman is like i'm i'm trying to create this person i'm like nothing i do is working i can't make like a badass like asian chick i can't make a badass black like everyone just has a derp face and i just want to like make you look awesome and tough as nails and a fucking sexy beast and none of it's happening so it's like all right well i'll go make a guy so like, I'll go make a guy. My guy is just as fucking derpy, but less so. And his, again, I try to give him a beard. I want everyone to take time to go look at character creation or go play it yourself. Try to put a beard on someone. It straight up looks like gravel. It looks like <laughs> gravel on their faces. And then when you change their hair color to, to blonde or red or whatever, it then looks like gravel that's painted blonde or red. It is so garbage. It is so infuriating. I hate it so, like, why can't a beard just be awesome looking? 
Tyler, oh. what you're going to learn about Jesse when it comes to RPGs is that once he starts on this path, it will forever dominate his destiny. So feel free to barge in whenever you want because he yeah, won't I'm stop sorry, unless you I, do. I'm so sorry. Well, it's it's, it's cool. okay. No, you brought up one thing that like, uh, so obviously I've been like following this and all that. And like a couple of my friends have worked like in animation. And one thing they said is a thing they think happened because it's like an error they've seen before is when they were capturing the default face in the default facial animation for uh, Femrider that she had a smirk when they captured it. Really? So her default is a smirk, and all of the facial animations from there are that plus a smirk. So what? that might be why you think she always, like, or, like, when that someone's would explain dying a lot. to her about it, that she's still got, like, a half smirk going on. She is incapable time. of frowning, like, I, from what I can tell. And even the when she does try to frown, it's like a, 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 a frirk? A frown uh, smirk, you know? It's like, I'm I totally would... sad about this, guys, but really, I'm laughing inside. Um, Sam's character has the opposite problem where every when you watch his character, his character always kind of looks like this. <laughs> like she just like talks with like a yes, there's a bit of, bit of a fish going on right there. <laughs> yeah, she always looks like she's frowning a little bit. And, and here's the thing though, I will give this game credit that in some scenes, the way they use their facial animation, you're like, oh, I can see what they I think they were trying to do, where they were trying to, um, give everyone little like quirks and little tiny likes like they can smirk in this game and it isn't all like over the top like ah i am acting and this is my character right there's little tiny things but the problem is those little tiny things are then taken to like 11 so when a character <laughs> yeah. is like oh look at this guy they really do like ham it up and you're just like oh god <laughs> like, what it was like la noir again like la noir where they were trying to push the like Ah, you have to be very able to uncanny valley cues. Yeah. yeah. And so you'd have someone being like, oh, I still no, no. love the way that game did it. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually pretty good at getting over uncanny valley. I recently uh, watched, we recently watched Rogue One because we'd missed it in the movie theater. No spoilers, but there is a certain character who's CG related. You know which one I'm talking about if you've seen it. And mm -hmm. while I think it was uh, Jen were sort of vocally objecting to it, I was just blown away that they could make somebody look that real right yeah. and same there was also an interesting discussion that had been going on in a couple of youtube videos about this i had been watching a lot of uh, rocket uh, was it rock it's not rocket jump is it uh the the film guys they have rocket in their name i'm gonna look for it now uh it may it may be rocket jump it might be ro yeah it might rocket be jump rocket film jump. school yeah. yeah they were talking about cg and the idea that you know uh, there's this prevailing attitude that cg is bad but in reality there's so much cg and most of it's good, so you never comment on it because you don't even notice it's there. You can't even tell. Yeah. yeah, but I was saying, like, look at how advanced this is. You know, it's incredible that you can get this far. But one thing that they're pointing out is that your average viewer versus somebody that plays a lot of video games, someone that plays a lot of video games is much, much better at determining whether something is CG, particularly right. a face, than a regular person would be. And they're also going to be a lot more sensitive to weird facial tics and not quite right animations and such. Well, when we were at uh, said movie a while ago, uh, there are two characters who have that uh, CGI Uncanny Valley thing. And the first character you meet that has that, everyone who was with us who wasn't aware that the actor for that character was dead did not know that that character they were like yeah dude he was pretty cool and we were just like that was like not a real thing yeah that was so, a cgi face bro but that, <laughs> no, that, isn't that in itself right. amazing that yeah. at least someone in your group didn't know i mean that's mm -hmm. that's amazing right 
Yeah, yeah. Which, again, Uncanny Valley, there's eventually a point where we'll just be like, it is real, though. And that's what I'm in for holodeck me. It's coming. It's coming. Boop, holodecks. Let's do it. (laughs) Boop, holodeck me. (laughs) Come when you're holodecking. All right. I just liked imagining you having like a button on your desk where you're like, did a lot of good work today. (laughs) And your room just turns into a holodeck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. All right. I want to. So outside of the character creation, talk to me. What do you think so far? Okay, so uh, when it comes to actual gameplay, I have no problems with it. I think it plays fine. I think the uh, everything about it, I, the fact that you can, like, jump and shit is great. <laughs> like, like, there's a lot that they've improved on the past Mass Effects when it comes to the gameplay. Damn, games have gameplay. come so far, you can fucking jump. Jump? I know. Yes. <laughs> For Mass Effect, that's a big deal. Wait. You haven't been able to yeah. do that in three <laughs> yeah. games. You can jump in Mass Effect, you can jump in Zelda. What is this, the future? Fuck. Oh. <laughs> With that said, I think it changes the dynamic of the game that it's less a cover shooter and more of a get-out-of-the-way shooter now. You're absolutely right on that, yeah. It, it, they've done several things to the cover to make sure you don't stick in it like a lot of the enemies have some way of flushing you out of it and a lot of that cover yeah. can actually be blown up as well so yeah it is a lot you better you better be moving either you're behind cover or you're dashing if you're doing neither of those things you're getting shot a lot yeah and uh you know i guess when it comes to the characters uh, i think i think i'm annoyed by most of them but that's all I'll say. <laughs> like i don't god like i just i i want usually there's there's characters i'm like oh yo that's the one i'm banging and that's the one that's going to be in my group and that's the one that's going to do this oh there's my tank like i really i'm just like fuck it i don't want any of you to come with me <laughs> like Aww. i can do, so do this so much easier by myself um really truly i think it's 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 solidly okay game it's not bad it's just it's mass effect and it deserves better than what it got and there's moments where I truly, like, I'm genuinely bored playing it. Where mm. I'm like, I'm doing this shit just to get, a, like, to keep moving forward. And maybe the story eventually picks up and is like, oh, shit, now we're good. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, because I played many games like that where the beginning was like, meh. But by the end of it, I was like, oh, best gaming experience ever. So there's the potential for that to happen. But from everything that I've um, seen so far, I'm just like, eh we'll see so i'm gonna still keep playing it but right now it's like mediocre at best right i mean you are the man who spent what 50 hours in the hinterlands getting every herb and doing every side thing but like you have a lot of tolerance for that yeah but like the characters i enjoyed and i liked the world and i think the problem that i have with this is that i'm not sure i've bought into the we went to andromeda and now we are going to like like i haven't bought into into the the fantasy If you haven't bought into the fantasy, you're going to have problems. Because to me, that was the biggest strength of it. I did buy into the fantasy. So the idea of, like, story is very nebulous. It's like, well, well, the story's bad. What do you mean by that? Do you mean by the writing on certain character NPCs is bad? Uh, The quest progression is bad? Maybe it's just the writing on the quests. The motivation of your character's all off. uh, Maybe it's the writing of your companions, the way you interact there. You know, just saying story, there's your Turian air quotes. Only have three fingers. Is... It's a very lazy complaint because it's kind of all-encompassing. 
And to me, what was most important, and this is a very subjective thing, everyone has their own priorities, is do I buy into the fantasy of what I'm doing? And is my overall goal something that I'm willing to pursue and feel satisfied as I do it? And the answer to that for me was yes. Uh, I prefer the idea of kind of being a, the not so much the hero that fights off the implacable evil, but the hero that is sort of elevating these guys out of desperation and uselessness and, you know, finally finding them a world to live on and uh, causing them to become hopeful and optimistic. I still think they should have gone full Battlestar Galactica with this shit, though. This thing should be depressing as hell. And you know what else right. they should have done? Uh, fucking Stargate Universe. Like, that show, for what it was, I thought was pretty great. Never and seen it. Should I see it? It's real. It, it, here's the thing. It's two seasons. Uh, the first season is pretty slow, and they were trying to find themselves, but like, the second season is phenomenal. But, mm. like, it's one of those things where they, like, we're going to take this ship to another galaxy, and it's the process of that, but, like, done in a more realistic way than Andromeda is doing it. Okay. Either, either way, right. I think it's along that line of there's potential there for a lot of fun things they could have done. And my biggest complaint so far is I think any good RPG needs a really stellar villain. And so far I haven't found that like you have to have someone to really truly hate. And I don't know that I'm there yet. Mm. So maybe I'm not far enough in the game and I definitely don't want spoils on that, but you know, I don't know that there's someone I'm like that motherfucker right there. I can't wait to get to the end of the game and have to fight five forms of that son of a bitch. Like one of the, right? Like, I, have, like, I have not, if there is one of those, I haven't run into that yet. And the one that I think might be the antagonist may not be. There's something a little off about it. Like right. at the moment, the antagonist is actually a cloud of dark matter that's fucking everything up. Like it's not really sentient, although there are some indications that it, might be we just don't really know yet like we don't know where this came from what's caused it whether or not it's actually malevolent or it's just fucking things up and it's just a phenomena or something so honestly i don't mind not having a foe from the very beginning because to me it's more about it's you against the universe and the hostile environment versus you against a really evil dude with his master plan well then you will literally love stargate universe because the whole first season is them versus the ship they're on like the fact that they have to keep this ship going while they're in a different galaxy which is pretty I, interesting i love that you know? yeah because yeah. that's very much i mean uh, uh, battlestar was like that obviously there is a there's an enemy in battlestar the cylons but like there's entire episodes based on the fact that oh god our water tanks leaked and now we're yep. all gonna die of thirst or uh, some of our best pilots were celebrating and randomly got blown up in a freak accident. It's like the game, it's just depressing. You're waiting for the next horrible thing to happen to these guys. Like, they never catch a break. It's terrible. Uh, yeah. But that's that's how, why it's so good. And I kind of wish there was a little bit more there. Uh, Ty, like your impression of it so far, you, you've seemed to have immersed yourself <laughs> in the culture of you've been around people who've played it. You've watched people who've played it. You've come to the yeah. conclusion you don't want to play it. Yeah, like the combat looks totally fine and serviceable but like especially when i'm immersed in so many games that are taking my time and are great like near automata and yes Breath yeah of the wild and all this uh -huh. stuff it's just like man I, I don't have time for that i gotta go play you know those those games exist i wonder if this came out in 2016 people will be less critical of it so far 2017 has been ridiculous for good games it's, it's so only... good yeah it's so good right like oh my god like yeah, Breath of the Wild and Automata are both just, I accidentally dropped like 50 hours into both at least. Wow. Don't know where it happened. Uh, don't know Jesus. how. I don't know how I even did it. Like, 
Oh my god. Great. I can understand it for Breath of the Wild, but Automata dropping that much time into it, that's pretty amazing. All I'm saying is there are a lot of endings. Yes, and, there are, uh, yes. You can get all of them eventually if you try. <laughs> Ooh, so I, good. Can I ask a question? I want to go back. Maybe you've probably seen this too, Ty. I, when it comes to Bioware, they pride themselves on having like stellar voice casts and incredibly large amounts of dialogue and all this stuff. Have they, is it just me or have the, the VO in Bioware games been getting like progressively worse? Like just not badly acted, just like blander. Like everyone's just like, we've got to go do this thing that we're like, the, uh, the first Asari you meet is straight up, uh, um, my God, uh, the, the queen from, from Game of Thrones. I oh, can't remember Dorma, her not, not oh, Dorma. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, not Cersei. Not uh, Dorma. Yeah. 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 Like, and you know it's her, but the but the acting is just it's like it's like when you hear um Peter Dinklage in Destiny for the first time and you're just like, What? You're amazing. What is happening right now? Like, where's the direction? Like, why aren't you engaging me? Like, there's something I, missing. I've and I've got know a bit of just... a theory on that one. I just think we've now gotten to the point where we know, of course, that Andromeda has more VO in it than the, than the whole Mass Effect trilogy put together. I think it's yeah. got to the point where there's actually too much dialogue in some of these, and it's resulting in necessities like, you know, this dialogue probably was recorded over the course of three years in different studios, in different places, the people didn't get together to do it, the script is so massive that lines are being read in a vacuum, and as a result, it's all coming across as wooden, and it's sort of, they get the lines, they just throw them in where they're supposed to be, but there's no true synergy going on there. It's, it doesn't feel like everybody was working together as a voice cast, it's just a list yes. of voice actors. There's just too much. It... It, it, same as you had with the old Republic MMO. There's too much. It, and if you have so much and you have a cast that doesn't work together properly, it's going to sound wooden. It doesn't matter how good a VO guy you are. Destiny was the same. Destiny has a ton of VO, and a lot of it isn't very good. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I can understand if certain characters are designed to be like, I'm the boring one. But every character... Most of the dialogue in this game, and in a lot of games recently, is read like, well, I've got 500 pages to get through, so fuck it, let's do it. I'm here to help you. I bet I can open this door for you. Next page. Okay, well, I think we're here. Like, it's just, it's like how if I'm, like, you can always tell when someone's just reading something versus when someone's, like, in the moment acting something. And it feels okay, so. The boring character, they did that in Mass Effect 1. Specifically, they had a character that would read completely monotone and then say emotion at end, right? That was Mass Effect 1. I'm not going crazy. There was the guy who would yeah, just be like, oh, uh, the hopefully, I will yeah. go through this for you. Yeah they, yeah, they did that as a joke. So, like, clearly they know what wooden acting and how to do boring character in a comedic way. So, why so bad why why is the line re I, th I think it's just the voice direction being completely amazing yeah you know i think it's i think tv's right i think it's just there's so much dialogue that they can't they not only can't have everyone in the room to like go over it but it's also like come on into the studio we'll pound out some lines today and then you can come on in tomorrow and i don't think that there's any because there's so much dialogue no one knows what's going to be used no one knows how it's going to be used. right like, no one knows everything so they're just like do the lines in a way that we can use it with multiple different scenes. Yeah, so the, so it ends up being kind of generic, and it's exacerbated by the fact that we know that 
with the main character, certain lines change as you go through the game. If you make a bunch of sarcastic responses, it will actually mean that even your more serious responses later on take a sarcastic variant, which means the amount of dialogue that was recorded for that character is ridiculous. So, yeah. you, you know, if you're playing with like 16 mix and match lines for each response, not all of them are going to be the same kind of quality. They probably weren't recorded in the same session. You know, myself, Jesse, we, uh, we've both done voice acting in studios, not a lot, but when it came to the voice direction, as you were mentioning, Ty, at that point, we had one voice director and he yeah. was he was there for the whole session and he had a consistent vision for what he wanted out of us at that point. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt that because of the scale of this game, it wasn't just one voice director. It certainly wasn't done at the same time. It was probably done over the course of a number of years. And even if it was one voice director, his priorities probably changed throughout that time. And I imagine he will not have remembered every voice session and be able to have, you know, alter everything to make sure that everything sounds like it belongs in the same conversation. Yeah. I... It sucks because it's just the the scale of what they tried to do, I think. Again, all, everyone trying to go bigger and bigger and bigger, in the end, you end up suffering a little bit for it in different ways. So, yeah, I think you might be right. You know, there's a, there's a degree of overreach that isn't necessary. Uh, we Some of the best games this year have not overreached in that yeah. way. They haven't said, there's an entire universe to do this and blah, blah, blah. And games that do overreach... Well, there's plenty of examples of those falling flat on their face. Now, a good focused experience is entirely fine. We don't necessarily need these giant open worlds with hundreds of characters to interact with. I'd prefer a more linear experience with 20 great characters. I still go back every single time to saying some of the best VO work in games in the last five years was inexplicably found in Wolfenstein, the new fucking order of all places. Again, good game. The game had yeah. no right. <laughs> No right, and yet, if you actually go and listen to the VO work and the characters in that game, they are exceptional. Hell, that game even handled sex in an adult way, and I can name the number of games that have managed that on the fingers of one fucking hand. You know, and it was a shooter where you could dual-wield automatic shotguns. There was, it just demonstrates that you don't have to be so base i guess with your story and with the way your characters work even if your game is bombastic and action oriented right bombastic and action oriented there's another one that like uh the voice work was definitely not serious definitely was its own thing definitely was probably done maybe not quickly but aggressively metal gear rising of all yes. things yeah. had some of the most fun vo work I, I don't think anybody's gonna like try and give an award to the guy who did senator armstrong at the end like who can <laughs> holler about nanomachines but like god damn, him, though. everyone remembers it yeah it's like I bought in. college ball like everyone <laughs> knows that scene it's so memorable but it's oh mm. like just emotion is better than nothing i think 100 yeah. of the time sure. i want to believe that your character it, that you, you are truly invested in that character and that voice actor is representing that character in the best way that they can. And that character was bizarre. And yes, it was representing the best way possible. That is exactly how I would have imagined someone like that sounding. Mm -hmm. As ridiculous as it is. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's so you know, in chat, just like, give that man a fucking award. Yeah. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> Who he was, was great voice actor yeah it's like so jesse you know you're not you're not buying in so far do you intend to continue like how yeah, how yeah much i'll continue it. I, it 
people are like, will you ever stream it? Like, probably not because I, I just sit there and I'm like playing through it. But, uh, you know, I, I would complain about the UI, but I have not, I have actively avoided 90% of the things you can do in there. No, <laughs> like, the, the really crafting not, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really doing much of that. You and don't I, have I, to on normal yeah. mode. You really don't have to, especially if you play a little bit of the multiplayer or you just send the guys out and strike teams will often come back with a good weapon for you. You don't have to worry about that. For me, I love the crafting system, but was infuriated by the interface that I had to use to do it. And yeah. The that, UI is, oh, is not particularly great, but no. I'm not, you know, I'm avoiding using. If you're not digging in on that. Yeah. So it's, again, it's a okay game. It's, there's nothing terrible about it. If you're a Mass Effect fan, you'll probably dig the shit out of it. But it's not like world changing and it isn't what I think a lot of Mass Effect fans really truly wanted. Because mm-hmm. um, everyone was like, this is going to be the reboot. This is that we're going to get back into it. We're going to have Mass Effect and drama twos and threes. And you know what? I don't know that it deserves it at this point. <laughs> But um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Watchdog's got a sequel. Anything's possible. And it was a good one too. Yeah, yeah. they salvaged. <laughs> they salvaged so much. And like Watchdogs Two is what the first one should have been. Uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously. They're apparently doing some interesting stuff with uh, free DLC. There's going to be a four-player co-op mode. They're putting more non-lethal weapons into the game, which, frankly, that game should have had from huh. the very start. Like I was going to mm-hmm. say, yeah, we've discussed that before, that it's weird that these hacker men are walking around with guns. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're a skilled mass murderer, and it would have been so much more interesting if they'd expanded the non-lethal aspect of that game. If you want to do non-lethal in that game, you're so limited, and it would have been so much better to see more of that but it's still still a way better game than the original was. So yeah, you're right. You know, maybe Andromeda 2 does come along and ends up blowing our minds. It's going to probably have to do quite a lot to overcome a lot of the negative <laughs> PR. That said, all, all of that considered, it did debut straight at number one in the UK charts, which is usually a good indicator as to how well a game is doing. It knocked Horizon off there. It's uh, obviously going past Breath of the Wild, but again, that's limited by how many switches there are, i.e. not a lot. But... It's doing okay. The question is, how how long does it stay there? How well does it end up selling? And also, what kind of support do they put into it? If they patch a lot of this stuff, great. They're already putting extra content into the multiplayer, which is good because a lot of people stuck around with Mass Effect 3's multiplayer for a long time because they just kept updating it. We'll see what they can do with it. Yeah. All right. Ty, what have you been playing this week? What's been going on? Oh, gosh. Um, I played a lot of Rune of the Reckless. Uh just yesterday and was that rune before. of the reckless or room of, ruin the, Reck- of the reckless ruin yeah. of the reckless what is okay that? yeah tell it's me it's this it's this like super high speed like the way i described it is nuclear throne if it was built to be a melee focused game oh almost. wow okay yeah it's it's super fast it was kickstarted a while ago i think they're it, they're pushing a feature complete build this kickstarter people i don't know when exactly it's going to come out probably soon if we're being real um, but it's just super aggressive, super over the top, the kind of like you do your build on the fly kind of thing. So it's got like some nuclear throny aspects to it. Uh, it's really aggressive. It's Ooh. every full, like a full complete run is like maybe 25, 30 minutes. Okay. Um, and it is just, it's mean as hell is really the other thing. Like you have a lot of dashes and dodges and all sorts of stuff that you can get around with it. But oh, the game, the game is ruthless, but it's super fast, super responsive. It feels good in a lot of the ways that like, nuclear throne does and a lot of like the snappiness wow. of hotline miami i've really enjoyed it so far i'm getting a bit of hyper cool. drifter out of this as well like Same. the amount of dodging in particular yeah. yeah but it, but as you said like it's more of a roguelite kind of combat experience with the quick runs and all that kind of thing yeah 
Yeah, it's real fast and real just over the top. And uh, some of the weapons are good. Yeah, it's very fast. It's very... Uh, the, the restarts are basically instant. It's one of those things again. Right. Uh, there's some shop management stuff. But yeah, like it looks really good so far. I've played a bunch of the builds up to this. I think it's going to come out really good. I, I, no promises, but so far that's been really good. Uh, Is it that, only local co-op? I think it's only local co-op, which hey, I know. I, uh, hey, uh, one day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they're in the same office or something. Yeah, it's yeah, almost weird. like you're next door. You should... yeah. so, that, uh, that trailer was almost a year old, and it looked good then, so I imagine yeah, it looks even better now. Yeah, when they put the Kickstarter up, there was a full playable build already. That's they always nice, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, that was the thing. It made it a lot easier to get into and support and all that. But yeah, it's been that. Uh, Near Automata, which I, I don't know if you guys have already talked about Near Automata. A couple length. of times. Yeah, none of us have finished times, our yeah. first <laughs> run yet. Just, it, a few, just a few times. I wanted have to dive back into yet? it, but... I have another chance. <laughs> All I will say is I was not, in fact, crying at the ending. It was just raining on my face. Not, it was not me. It was, it's good. It's good. Have it's you, real good. you've only hit one ending. Yeah. Or have you played it multiple times me? yet? Oh, I've got 26 endings. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh God. Oh. This game's got what? So five good. main endings and then what? 19 kind of jokey endings as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like 21. Uh, yeah. Like jokey endings. Most of them honestly are like, you start a quest and then instead of going where you're supposed to, you run away and the game's just like, yeah, they just, they just fucked off. Like, yeah. good job guys. So I love it when games do off, that. You stupid morons. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a ton of those. There's some that are just like, you die in a really stupid place or like you're supposed to walk over and help somebody up and like fix them up and stuff. And again, you just, you're like, eh, I'll pass. I'd you rather not. Off, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know why 2B did that. It was super weird, but like, <laughs> take easy. <laughs> Um, um how do you so then you've played as 9s yeah 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 I, how I, do you enjoy yeah. playing as 9s because i don't think any of us have played as 9s we haven't so. got yeah you know, i haven't got that far yet oh god okay so 9s is weird because uh i don't know if you know how much you know about like mechanically what 9s he's like more changes. of a supporter right or mm, okay i kind of don't want to spoil it but basically your heavy attack gets replaced by an entirely different game um oh which interesting super neat so instead of having a heavy attack you have a thing that initiates basically an entire separate game that if you complete uh makes that enemy like explode and deal a bunch of damage around you it's really fascinating they they show like a split second glimpse of it early in 2b's run and then it's just that is core to the rest of the run for 9s and it's Mm. oh it's good it's good it's really neat uh they do a lot of stuff with that they do a lot of stuff with the music in the second run that's fantastic the story obviously if you played near they go through and do like different angles of storytelling through that and show different things going on and it's really well delivered it's really super well done Uh, i don't want to spoil anything past that because if you haven't been spoiled i'm not going to be the guy who does it (laughs) that's all i have to say on that it's difficult because a lot of the narrative is also kind of meta narrative that's tied into mechanics and direct changes to the game and things like that so even if you talk about mechanics you're technically spoiling things so yeah Yeah. it it is a difficult one i i do want to once i get back i'm probably just going to dive right in on that i was you know i I wanted to get my andromeda video done so i was focusing a lot on that and i had to put near to one side but Unfortunately, it might end up getting waylaid by Persona 5 that's out in a few days as well. It's like, God damn it. Maybe I just have so to... so excited. Maybe I just... The weekend <laughs> is near. Let's just make the weekend near, try and crack through at least a couple of playthroughs, and then 
just disappear out of the Persona void for the next two months. Yeah, because uh, one one playthrough doesn't actually take that long, right? So I've been told, uh, Ty, how long does yours take? Um, the first one is definitely the longest, but after the first one, you kind of like know where you should be going. Um, and then the subsequent playthroughs to number two um, are different. I'd say they're about the same length as then the first one. So maybe it's like, it's hard to say, maybe like 15 hours and then 10 hours and then nine or 10 hours. And okay. Doable. Yeah. It's hard to explain. It's a good amount of time put together. It's probably the longest platinum game. Right. Other than maybe, well, Okami, if you count Clover Studios way back in the day, that was long as hell. Um, yeah, true. Or like uh what's the other one wonderful 101 which is only in all fairness super long if you're not amazing at it which no one is so it's super long yeah it's that's a tricky one i i thought i was good at platinum games and then i played wonderful 101 i was like i have a lot to learn here don't i are you ready to combo drawings motherfucker are you it's ready like, to combo I, art no i'm not ready for that at all I, it took me about half an hour to figure out the very first puzzle where i have to make a bridge i'm like what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah they expect you to like you have to start drawing with the right stick while also using your hand at the same time Christ. and jumping and dodge offsetting. Like, I don't have four arms. What? Well, you better get a motherfucker. We, that's what we expect here at Platinum. Get damn. on it. Insane. Damn. <laughs> they should have labeled that as a co-op game because you need two people on the damn controller. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah so Nier Automata. Yeah, play it. That's super good. Uh, Eternal, the card game. I play more of that than is reasonable, but that's a card game, so I can play it forever and ever. So I have to, I have to go out of my way to not play that because I'll never progress in life if I keep playing that. It's like Hearthstone in that regard. Where it's just like uh -oh. I need to put it down. You've let me know about another card game. That's a very dangerous have thing to do. Have you never heard about Eternal? No, have I have you not. Never... You got a pitch? All right, let's yes. hear it. Okay, okay. So my pitch is. What if Magic the Gathering uh, mm -hmm. had the UI of Hearthstone, but the depth of Magic the Gathering? Okay. That's eternal. Uh, it was helped created by Luis Scott Varga, and I think Brian Kibler helped on it. And those are like two of the most important people in Magic the Gathering and limited yep. game design and stuff. So that's really good. Um, the acquisition rate on the free-to-play stuff is roughly three times better then hearthstone when people ran all their spreadsheets so you can build a top tier deck in like one third the amount of time which mm -hmm. is nice people uh, ran their spreadsheets is my favorite oh, thing anyone has ever said oh, here comes it's the a card game yeah, of dude, course sorry, they Jesse, did the that spreadsheets happen man <laughs> spreadsheets are back and it's better <laughs> it's <good. laughs> spreadsheets i'm holding up here a spreadsheet just says it's fucking great but um uh the draft I'm mode is a show. real yeah, it's, it's right here. Uh, the draft is a real draft. So it's actually like you get 18 cards offered. You pick one, pass that to somewhere at some point in history. You get past one with 17. Then you take one of those. It gets passed to somewhere in history. You know, at some point it gets cycled that way. Um, and oh, interesting. So it's not a live draft as it were, but your draft is handed off to some random online player for when they draft? It, it's like throughout time basically yeah so you get handed one that someone has done and then you get handed one that someone pulled from that someone before them pulled from so like your players on the right are an infinite line and your players on the left are an infinite line basically right so imagine a draft table of infinite size um and then the other thing is after you do your draft and stuff even if you lose and do incredibly shitty not that anyone would ever do that such as me hundreds of times live of course not um you you get to keep your cards which is nice so you All actually right. keep what you draft which 
it was reasonable, but again, not a thing in like Hearthstone, for example. So no, Hearthstone really doesn't like giving you things. I don't know if anyone's noticed. No, it doesn't. And Eternal is, oh, it's so good. Like, there's actual instant speed responses to stuff. Uh, all the cards are really, really cleverly crafted. It lets a lot more shenanigans happen. Um, and there is RNG, but most of it is positive. Like, it's strictly positive. That's right. kind of how I describe it. So there's not, like, a chance you play something and you're just screwed because you played something. Like, okay, you play it and it's better. Or you play it and it's still good. Like, um, one really stupid mechanic they have is called Echo, which is just you put a card when you draw something, which it counts as like picking it up off the field, putting it back on top of your deck and pulling it again. It makes another copy. So there was a deck entirely devoted to taking this card called Clock Roach and just repeatedly making as many roaches as you can. Oh, every God. time you play one, the rest get better. So you're just oh, repeatedly God. spamming the top of your deck with roaches and like making them cost less and then throw it on top, pull it back out again and just keep making these cheap roaches and just filling the field with them until your opponent just is like, I'm done, I'm out, <laughs> no way. This, um, it sounds like a good time for this sort of thing to really push and try to get a bit of the market share because Hearthstone, my understanding of it, bear in mind, I haven't, I've now not played Hearthstone probably in about six months. I've been clean for that long. And this is from someone that played from beta constantly. Yeah. And I now finally stopped. And my impression that I'm getting from the forums and the subreddits on Hearthstone is that they're currently in the most boring meta there is. People have been crying out for regular balance changes. Blizzard refuses to do that. And they, they're hoping that Ongoro, which is the new expansion, is going to fix it. But so far, the pros are not optimistic yeah. on that particular uh, subject. Would be mad if I talk about my spreadsheets some more? You go, um, you go ahead. <laughs> okay, so the biggest problem right now with Hearthstone is <laughs> since attackers, attackers choose where they go, right? Like, you get to choose, I attack this. Yes. As opposed to, like, I declare my attacks, you choose your blocks. So that means aggro has a huge advantage. Like, a fast deck is always going to beat a slow deck if you get to choose. It's so big. Right now, they made a card that's just, basically, you play a 3-2 on turn one and then also get a 1-1 one, one for free. That's really what it comes down to. That more that's or far less, too that's much of anything. Right. That's stupid, <laughs> and that's why that deck has like a sixty percent win rate and is just everywhere. Is that the is that? Warrior. Oh, oh, it's the pirate warrior. Yeah, because I heard the problems are pirate warrior, jade, either jade shaman or jade idols. Yeah, I, or yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, it's either a jade shaman or a jade druid. I can't remember, and then. Uh, there's a one that uses God. I can't even remember the name of the damn card. It begins with an R. It's the one where you play it and you have all uniques in your deck. It heals you to max Reno. health. Reno, Reno, Reno deck. Yeah, wheel. yeah, yeah. But actually, they're printing a different version of that kind of that heals you to forty, which hopefully that doesn't actually uh, become playable. Oh my god! Yeah, and I was looking so, at. It, I was seeing like their new mechanic. They have this new mechanic called questing, which they took from their old WoW TCG which mm -hmm. I love that aspect of it, incidentally, but you've got to do a certain number of things and then you get a benefit from it. But some of the quests look so difficult to attain and gimmicky that I don't even know if any of them are going to be viable at any point. It's, it's really hard to call, especially because the big problem right now is that the game is too damn fast. And it's a whole thing of, if you're going to lose a game by turn three, turn four doesn't matter. Like, and that's all it is. Like, some of these are minimum turn nine or ten payoffs. So, yeah. who gives a shit? I heard control dead? is just dead at this point. Like, Jade control just beats it all dead. the time. 
Yeah, Jade beats control because it's like a ramping minion generator, basically. That yeah, day. and it just makes bigger and bigger Jade golems, right? Yeah, so you can't control it down. And then on the other side, pirate aggro is just too fast to control. It's yeah. just you're dead before you can... Ca like. So a big thing is if you have a 1-1 one, one for 1 that comes out for free, you can't get good value on that. Like if you pay 1 mana and 1 card to remove it, and they just got it for free, pulled from their they deck. They just traded positively, yeah. They just traded literally zero for one and one card. So you're tr you're screwed. You're screwed from the word go, word go. and that's why yeah, Pirate Aggro is disgusting. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest Hearthstone pros uh, officially left uh, to play Gwent. Another one has like I think was a life verse. coach. Was a life like, coach? Yeah, life went? coach yeah. left to play Gwent. I think Kriparian is starting to push towards Shadowverse. Amaz is now playing Eternal. Like it feels like yeah, it's. Mm. And me, way. the most famous Hearthstone pro gamer, of course, is playing Faria, or he would be if he could log in half the time. <laughs> 4,000 well chests. <laughs> they actually they, fixed that. That's well, so funny. I, can, I can now log in sometimes. Only on my PC, it breaks my iPad if I try okay. to. Uh, I can log in. I usually have to click a few times to eventually get in. They gave me a code that just unlocks every card in the game and said, look, we have no idea how you're going to open all of these. Just here's all the cards because we know you have them. So just here, take it, and maybe you can play now. It's uh, it's a bit ridiculous, but yeah, the, uh, Faria is doing well from what I can tell. They announced new content. They had a bit of a scuffle with the community because they had this sort of magic pouch thing that uh, required you to pre-order it, but now they've said you can get everything for free. Uh, you know, it's just a way to get it early and stuff. Their player base seems pretty strong. They just today revamped the reward system again. That's like the first, the third time in like two months, I think. And just said, look, we we can make this better. The rewards are better now. So they're, they're having pretty strong time of it, I think. And like you said, you know, you mentioned Shadowverse there. That's, a, that's basically Hearthstone, but anime weeb shit, right? If I recall correctly. Oh, I have no idea. I, I, I have to very specifically like sequester myself to one card game or else I actually... No, it definitely is. Food. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they, they, it claims that it's like Asia's most popular part card game right now. And it's like, I, oh, I can, can see, see why. why. Yeah. Oh, man, that's <laughs> anime. <Holy shit>. <laughs> <laughs> now wow, that's I what I call anime. anime. Well, hi, damn. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. There's a lot of that, apparently. So, but it is interesting that it, as Hearthstone loses market share, and there was an article yesterday actually saying Hearthstone digital revenue on mobile devices has hit a all-time low. Of course, we know that because of the way that uh, iOS tracks top-grossing apps and things like that. We can see that information. Hearthstone is falling in that regard because people are getting tired of it and they're spending less money in it. So if they're not careful, yeah, they could very well lose a lot of their market share. And if you're a card game, now is the time to strike while the iron is hot, as it were, to try and get a player base. Because, yes, there are people who are burned out on Hearthstone but still want to play a card game. They just don't want it to be that one. Cards are good. Mm -hmm. Cards are good. <laughs> I agree. Too. I love my card games, even if I'm <laughs> universally awful at all of them. All great. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back from said break, we're going to be talking more about the games we've been playing this week. In the meantime, however, we have a word from our sponsor, squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% of your first order and a free trial. Do you have no talent whatsoever? Don't worry, you can develop a website over at Squarespace. 
I'll tell you why yeah, right yeah. now. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go anywhere. This is the Co-Optional Podcast. If you've somehow forgotten in the last hour, I somehow do not blame you. We'll be right back. In today's gaming world, sometimes it can be hard to find the right kind of talent. Even with the largest AAA projects, there are some questionable aspects to them. But of course, you could change all of that. Perhaps you are the world's next great game animator and you're looking to show off your work. Well, I'll tell you how not to do that, a terrible website. Perhaps the most important part of a portfolio is how well it's presented. After all, you wouldn't serve the world's greatest meal on a paper plate, so why show your portfolio on an awful website? Oh, but you don't have time to create a great website because you're too busy creating incredible animation work. Well, that is not a problem because you can create your next beautiful website in just minutes with Squarespace. Head on over to squarespace.com cooptional for your free trial and 10% off your first purchase. Create a beautiful looking website from one of many professionally designed templates and let your work speak for itself. Is your face tired of constantly updating and patching your site? Well, your face can now rest easy, and your eyes no longer possessed by eldritch demons of the Far Realms, because Squarespace does all of that for you without you having to lift a finger. Perhaps you're an aspiring voice actor looking to make the next great game or anime Moe Blob hellscape better. You can easily host your demo reel using Squarespace's pre-built audio and SoundCloud blocks. You can even host your six-hour podcast about figurines and obscure fan subs using the podcasting tab. I know you have one. I've seen it inside you. All of this and much, much more available and ready to go at squarespace.com slash cooptional. Practically no setup and knowledge required, but just in case you get stuck, Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 support can sort everything out for you. They'll even do it without treating you like a giant idiot. Squarespace is flexible enough to create a website for any purpose. Don't think for a second that you have to have any kind of talent to justify using Squarespace. As a professional internet video game person, I can attest with certainty that no talent is required whatsoever. Trust me, I would know. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com cooptional and get 10% off your first purchase. And why not grab your domain name while you're at it with instant setup and no hidden fees. Make your next move with Squarespace because my face is tired of looking at your terrible website. Have we run that into the ground yet? Yes, yes, I've been told we've done so. Excellent. I'm glad we're on the same professional looking, beautifully designed paid. What do you mean I'm laying it on too thick? transparent, over-the-top, hastily-written shilling, I'll have you know that I'm a professional video game internet person! God damn it, mother! University was a life experience! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the break, the sounds of Big Giant Circles and Zircon with Buzzsaw from Imposter Nostalgia. Which is a bloody That's awesome a great album. album, by the way. Oh, so yeah. Good. If you like Chip and possibly a little bit of dub thrown in there for good measure, it is fantastic. Absolutely love it. You know what else is fantastic? We're going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. May the 25th to May the 28th is MomoCon, which is yeah. mostly an anime convention, but we're working on changing that. Yo! If I, you cosplay an anime girl, though, I'll be there. There's a lot of that. It's you creepy. will be so in weird. That took a weird turn. A special, <laughs> a special heaven or a special because hell. Because I'll also be an anime girl, <laughs> Jesse. Yeah. I will also be in cosplay. Yeah. Jesse turns into a moe blob at the slightest provocation that has been known to happen. <laughs> but yes, indeed, MomoCon. I was there last year. 
and I did panels, and it was great. They have this giant theater, which means that even if you have thousands of people at your panel, it still looks like you're unpopular, which is brilliant. But they've got great seats. You know how every convention has terrible seats for panels? This is the yeah. only one I know of that has proper seats. So that's Damn. great. No, so, kind of killing it. Yeah, so I, had a panel. I even had a moderator that had done research on me, which was scary. Like, it's like, oh my God, what what of what my dark secrets do you know? I, I'm glad you didn't bring them up. <laughs> but we're going to be doing a lot of panels over there. We are, instead of just sending me, which is obviously boring, the whole co-optional crew is going to be there. We are doing co-optional podcast and separate co-optional lounge. Yes, mm. indeed. We're going to be playing Snake Oil and the game that sent me to the emergency room, Super Fight. Both of those are going to be happening. <laughs> I may die. Me, it I did that. Yes. I almost I almost killed him. You did. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's going to be happening. I'll also be doing a panel. We'll be doing signings and everything. It's going to be awesome. There are, of course, other gaming guests heading over there as well. It's a pretty great con. Like I said, I went last year. It was mostly anime, but everybody was very friendly. And they're starting to expand their gaming track. It's a great convention center. You're not having to walk miles across town to get anywhere. And Atlanta might be my favorite city. Every time we've gone there, I've always had a lot of fun. Really awesome places to eat. Great people. As soon as you get off that nine-lane hellscape that is their freeway going into the town that scares the hell out of me, it's a really awesome city. So do come along. Do come and watch our stuff. If you can't be there, we will be streaming and filming it. So those yep. panels will be available. And that's not all when it comes to conventions. Jesse... CoxCon is looking bigger than ever for the summer, yes? Hey, gang. Yeah, July 22nd, 23rd, Telford, UK. If you're in the EU or what's left of it after this summer, please come join us at CoxCon. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we not only have uh, the illustrious Nerd Cube coming this year. Uh, oh, my. Yeah, the rest of the gang, our, our, our wonderful cast of weird characters will be back. Dukes and Sam will be back. So expect someone to bring up samsung even though i know he will not ever want to hear it again it'll exist um there is no worse meme than a meme that exists only within a small convention and never makes sense outside of it that is the worst thing people and, still uh, type it out in my chat sometimes I know, and i'm like it's wow. terrible yeah and this year because we're trying to make awesome cool crazy stuff uh we also have Angie Viper coming to do a cosplay, like not just panel. We don't want to do a panel because it's a boring shit. We want to do like a clinic, like come in, spend three, four hours on like make something. So uh, that's the plan. I know Dukes is probably going to jump in on that and have a good time. So yeah, yeah we, we're trying to make a bunch. One of the critiques we got last year was like, which blows my mind still. And I always thought it was funny, but to this day, I've always thought about it, which was like, what if you don't like games and I, you don't like any of you guys. What can I do? <laughs> I was I mean, like, I, I don't have know a why suggestion. you're here to begin yeah, with. Yeah, why the why, what? Yeah. But this year we have a, a Jackbox party games area, so you can go do that. There's an actual, like, real arcade setup. There's an old retro console area. So, like, y'all, if you don't like me, boys, there are other things to do here. So I can't wait to see you. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Now that that is out of the way, now that we have shilled conventions we're going to be at, come to them because that makes us look more popular than we really are and we'll get better rooms next time. It's true. 
We might get out of that fifty-person room at DragonCon. That's never going to happen. I'm told you have no. to like you got to do you got to get your ten years of service medallion to get out of the fifty-person rooms at DragonCon, or do a documentary about hunting ghosts. Apparently, well, then you get a bigger room. I will. We need say, to be on the paranormal track. That's what I'm we saying. Do. We do. We do. Get off the gaming end. track. Get onto paranormal activity. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I don't know much about DragonCon, but I do know those paranormal tracks that Dodge and I went to were. Some of the most entertaining things I have Best ever seen. Shit I've ever seen. Yeah. I went I went to them with you and we we were just trying our hardest not to burst out laughing while we watched it. The QA was the best. It's like mm-hmm. there were some really serious questions going on about time travel uh, and ghosts and hauntings. Which was, and- which was fine, right? Like that was on brand. The one that I will never ever forget was the guy that stood up and talked about what his aunt getting murdered in the no, barn. Uh- Again, just to reiterate, Dodge and I went to go see this thing about ghosts. And <laughs> the last guy who stood up, the last person, as people were like getting ready to leave, goes, gives this long story about how he grew up on a plantation. He used to see spirits and all this stuff. And then before he sat down, he goes, oh, also my aunt was killed, decapitated, and had her heart ripped out and sits down. And we look at him <laughs> and the guy goes, all right, thank Shouldn't you for coming. And everyone stands up to leave. And Dodge and I are like, is no one going to address what <laughs> It was so this is entirely normal for DragonCon's paranormal track. <laughs> Everyone was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, God, to leave, and we're just like... <laughs> was it by a ghost? What What happened? It was so funny. Uh, it's... <laughs> Hey, DragonCon's a hell of an experience, I'll say that. Like, it might not be a good experience, but it is an experience you'll never forget. That I can it tell you. an adventure. Back. Yeah, All man. right. All right, back to some video games we've been playing. A Dodger, we played a video game together. I was going to say, do you want to talk rare. about Tokiden? We could. I don't know if I'll even spell it correctly. There's oh, a C-O-U-K-I-D-E-N. Tokiden. Yes, I think, I think I spelled it correctly. Yeah, we did. We mentioned this on the podcast last week because it had popped up in the release list. Uh, we mentioned that Tokiden is a Monster Hunter-like game developed by, mm. uh, uh, developed by or published by Koei Tecmo. Can't remember which. Uh, but it's demons, uh, basically. Instead of monsters and like giant chickens and big wolves and things, it's it's demons, and mm-hmm. you are hunting You're fighting them. Oni. Oni, yeah. There are Oni everywhere. You can gather the spirits of fallen warriors and put them inside of you, and they give you bonuses and all that kind of thing. And we also mentioned that the first one that they brought out on PC was god awful. It was like a really bad port that was almost unplayable. We were very curious to see what would happen with Tokiden 2. Yeah. And? So we, well, and? We, um, we did the co-op together, and uh, I ran into an issue where the game would crash as long as I was in co-op. Like yes. every 30 minutes or so, the game would crash. Not ideal. If I was, if I was mm. doing single player, it was fine. Uh, we were trying to sort of, I don't know, figure out what it was that was causing that and the only thing that i think we could come up with was desync that like we were desyncing bad badly enough that it just possibly and there was this other weird thing that people were suggesting and i guess you didn't get the chance to try it some people had reported on the forum that it was some weird windows setting involving keyboard Mm. accessibility or something that was was strangely enough crashing the game there were some people with some very odd fixes let me put it that way yeah. But you didn't find that that happened in the single player campaign, though. That was it only online. It did not happen in single player. And it also never happened to you. It only happened to me. Yeah, I, so I played I several hours without odd. a single problem. Um, But I 
enjoyed what we played of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a weird combination of you have your hub city and you can leave your hub city and do sort of open world side questy stuff if you want. Yeah. Um, but it also has the monster hunter element where you you go to like the quest person and they send you to a, a specific zone. And in that zone, you have to defeat like a specific number of Oni or and a there's a time limit, Oni. you know, just yeah. like Monster Hunter and all that kind of thing. That's basically what the co-op seems to involve. The mm -hmm. single player is distinct in the fact that it has a full open world and the co-op is more like straight up Monster Hunter zone based. Yeah. Uh, you can bring like, you have like single player companions that you meet and you can bring them into quests, even if they are co-op. So say that like TB and I are playing, if we wanted to have a full four man, we could add in two of the characters from single player and, yeah. and have so it like balances all four it out. of us. As we discovered while trying to two man, we just thought, hey, that first quest was easy. Let's do the last one in this phase. Mistakes <laughs> yeah. were made. We no, probably that did not work out. <laughs> no, we, we got our ass handed to us. I would imagine that once we had better gear and didn't suck at the game, that would have uh, cleared up. But uh, Ty, sorry, you uh, had a question. I was just how long are the like the fights against individual monsters? Because like I adore Monster Hunter and would sell my soul at this point to get a good Monster Hunter on PC um, because <laughs> the only you. Monster Hunters we've had on PC were the most grindy mess that I've ever yeah, seen, which true. was the Monster Hunter Online. And then like some PSP ports, which uh, Token in 1, I think, was as well, wasn't it? That was yeah, a PSP game that, first, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I think it was Vita and ps3 and token and one on pc was awful it was one of koei tecmo's early ports and jesse can probably uh -huh. attest to how bad some of those were because they were porting old warriors games and they ended up being yeah. just jank mm -hmm. as hell i did a video on it showing the game running at more than twice its normal speed because they didn't bother to account as console developers for people that had display devices that ran higher than 60 hertz because they uh -huh. never developed for pc before so it all they did was thinking well because we do console every display device runs at 60 so all we have to do is make the game run at half that what happens when you put that game on a monitor that runs at 144 well it runs at more than twice the normal speed and breaks so it means it's time for a speed run that's what i hear indeed <laughs> that's the hard it. mode that's 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 turbo mode and super street fighter where you turn up to five stars you know <laughs> it was unplayable garbage basically and we took yeah. them to task for that I'll say this, you know, before Dodger talks a little bit about the length of the monster fights, because she's far more experienced in Monster Hunter than I am. <laughs> the PC port is a lot better. They, they, you can either pick 30 or 60 FPS. Obviously, it kind of sucks that that's as far as you can go, but it's a shit ton better than the previous one. It's got out, these out-of-game launchers that are quite common with Japanese ports is there. Yeah. Uh, there's some rebinding. Yeah. You still need to really use a controller with it. Honestly, a mouse and keyboard in a game like this wouldn't run well at the best of times, but they don't even provide mouse support. So it's either you use full keyboard input, uh. don't do that, no, yeah. bad, or use a controller. So by no means a perfect port, but a significant step up from the last one. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the sort of monsters or Oni that you fight in this game, uh, yeah, like we haven't fought anything that is on Monster Hunter levels of monster hunting. You know, so There's far, like, there was one in the prologue, but we didn't get to finish it off. And yeah. then I think the only yeah, thing there was, that's true. At the yeah. very beginning, you meet, uh, in a, 
again, a very monster hunter way. They're like, here's the thing that you need to kill at the end of the single player campaign. Yeah. Right? And you fight it for like a split second. You're like, holy shit, this you thing was taste. amazing. It's as tall as a building. Oh my God. And then it disappears, right? Yeah. Some random guy hoots, get the fuck out of there. What are you doing? Like there's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's a lightning dragon. You just see a crackle across the horizon. And they're like, that's bad. That's that's the worst thing. Go yeah. out. Crazy yeah, so shit goes down. Setup. I think that yeah. the biggest monster we fought so far is an ogre. Uh, the guy with the belly. Mm -hmm. You remember that? We yeah. fought, fought them several times. And there's some interesting stuff going on with that. Why don't you... Tell, tell them a bit about that compared to like oh, regular monster. Yeah, it has a so the game does the sort of thing where you have what did they call it? Demon vision? Is that what it was called? Kind of. Yeah, we just call it that. Yeah, specialized. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're specialized. We'll go with that. So when you're fighting an oni and it's and it's like a bigger one, not like one of these little gremlins that you just find out. Um, you can turn on your demon vision, your specialized. And you're able to see what their weak point is. So mm. as long as you focus on that weak point on the monster on the oni, um, it'll it'll like perpetually like stun them, or it'll it'll send them into the next phase of the battle. Yeah, you're uh, supposed so, to basically destroy a body part because you can't yeah. kill the oni without mm. doing that. So this specific ogre that we've fought so many times and it's funny because it it always looks the same but i feel like as as we've been going through this very first track of quests um it takes longer to kill them um but uh, i know we're just sucking more over time i can't really tell which yeah i don't know either one but yeah it's like its belly is its source of power basically and once uh -huh. you once you've attacked the belly enough it kind of like it just like deflates and he just looks all kind of shriveled <laughs> up and gross and he's just like meh <laughs> so but i i am i am really really wanting to get to the point in that game because it it's very rpg -y in a lot of ways uh it has like a full-on story where um it's encouraging you to do the single player because uh it's established like a lot of things it's established a lot of characters and how they're important to you its world um, is very unusual. We expected yeah. just sort of feudal mm. Japan-esque stuff without spoiling too much. After about 10 minutes, it is not that. Yeah, There's we were like, oh. Very okay. strange, weird techno kind of thing going on uh, that actually intrigued me a lot. Yeah. So I, I really, really want to get to the point where we're fighting those Oni that are like the size of a building because those are the really interesting fights in Monster Hunter. Yes, Because they always. go on for so long. Yeah, and exactly. you have all of these moments where they just fucking run away from you and they're so big, you can't just catch up with them. You have to re-find yeah. them in the world and stuff. And that's the sort of stuff that I think was really, really fun in Monster Hunter games. So I would love for mm. that to be replicated in Tokiden. Yeah, and I um, think those do exist from what we've seen. We just, mm -hmm. they start off putting you against quite a lot of trash and those ogres and mini bosses and stuff the mm -hmm. the trash varies from easy to kill to quite fucking tough i noticed mm -hmm. which is quite neat uh when we fought those kind of lion s you know sort of like mini yeah, mountain cores i guess those guys oh god they kicked the they shit were out of so us. hard i was like whoa <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's a lot going on with that there's a neat mechanic as well called the demon hand which is oh yeah i forgot about that yeah, it took us a while to learn how that thing works because the game's pretty bad at explaining some of its concepts. It's like a grappling hook mixed with some other crazy shit mixed with maneuver gear from Attack on Titan. 
you can gr you can uh, fire it at like a tree and it'll propel you up to like the top of that tree and then you can like smash down on top of something. You can grab demons with it, you can parry with it, you can grab elemental things in the environment and imbue your weapon with it. It's got all this sorts of crazy so shit going on. Ass, holy it, shit. Yeah, yeah, once we started getting used to <laughs> using that, it was great. Like the mobility went way up because of this thing once we started practicing with it. So oh, there's, man. there's some really cool weapons. I, I picked uh, gauntlets as my defaults. The, you got this like giant chain whip thing, I believe. Yeah, um, which is similar to a weapon that's in Monster Hunter as well. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing that I think both of us really liked was that uh, you loot in an AOE because you're technically just like soaking up their essence. Like you just mm. stand in an area where a lot of just little moblins that you've killed are. And you could just be like, and like soak up all of their energy. And it's like, here's all the loot you got. You're like, great. <laughs> nice on, little feature. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's nice I'm, and fast. How do you loot again, dudes? <laughs> that. That's the right. that's the channel purification, if you didn't know. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, of course. But yeah, like weapon variety has always been the big thing in Monster Hunter in the later mm -hmm. ones, like particularly like Oh, I, got, I think it's four was the one where all I used was a really stupid, like, two-part shield and blade that you built charges for by taking goop from bad guys, putting it in, and then turning it into a lightsaber eventually. Like, it's a long, it was a long and storied trial that took 30 minutes to build a giant-ass lightsaber to kill a dragon. But, like, right. it felt awesome because of that. So, if there's... Is it kind of like an insect glaive type thing, the chain whip, or is it... Uh, it's, as as it's like a... It's got it's got like a hook on the end, and then it's just like a big chain. You just kind of like swing it around and thrash at people with it. Yeah, Sounds beautifully um, stupid. That, yeah, there's, some, oh, there's yeah. some oversized <laughs> shit in that game. I wouldn't say it goes as far as the later Monster Hunters, but there's a couple. The the kind of ball and hook was an interesting mm -hmm. one, where you had a combination of long kind of grab hook attacks and this just big metal ball that you swung around and whack people with in short range. So there was occasionally some really interesting weapons. A lot of them kind of followed the formula of, you know, long sword, two short swords, big club, spear, couple of ranged but, weapons. But it, it did do the thing that I think is almost kind of necessary in these games now, where at the very beginning, you have all of those weapons. You can always Good. swap. Good. Okay. You know, you can Doesn't choose you any in. of the basic versions of those weapons at any time and try mm. them out. Yeah, there's a kind That's of nice. rarity system that lets you reforge certain weapons uh, to different like rarities and elemental attributes and put, you know, put affixes and suffixes and things on it. Uh, we didn't get too far into that, but if you are looking for a Monster Hunter Lite game on PC, this is probably the strongest option right now. Uh, we obviously want to see what happens with Dauntless. That's entering a closed alpha at the moment. Yeah, I forgot about Dauntless. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that, but, so, but as it stands, as long as you own a controller... This isn't too shabby. Like I said, we did have some crashing issues on Dodger's end. That doesn't seem to be widespread, but it does exist. So just mm -hmm. bear that in mind. Also, just a side note, the lobby system in that game is arcane and weird. Don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> you can create a lobby, <laughs> but just set it up with default. Make sure that you've set it to private only, but then have the person just join off your Steam friends because that oh, works yeah. just fine. And it has, the, it has the, the classic issue where you can't turn off VoIP. Yes. So that, that's another, great. Yeah, more you, bullshit yeah. with that. Yeah. I hate that so oh. much. I'm like, why would you not let us Three turn games that off? Oh. <laughs> Boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's just thing. not great. We, we, we did this standard, we're going to change the settings to VoIP that doesn't exist thing to avoid that. But yeah, that, that was dumb as hell. But 
Yeah, I, it's it seems like it's got legs and it's a decent port, but obviously, like as a full priced release, unless you're really hard into Monster Hunter and you really want something like that on PC right now, waiting for a sale might be the best bet. Uh, mm. What the one interesting thing? Oh, apparently they patched that fix in yesterday. Nice, good for them. <gasps> That's uh, great. The the one interesting thing just before we move on to the next game was. The Koei Tecmo account for America came into Dodger's chat while we were streaming. And they were super cool. And they mentioned, and I was kind of terrified when they first mentioned this, that they'd watched my first video on Token and Kiwami, and I was like, oh god, I slammed the shit out of that thing. <laughs> and supposedly, the reason that Token and 2 has a lot of that stuff fixed is because one of the guys working there took that video to the bosses, kind of forced them to watch it, and said, we need wow. to do better. So that's apparently cool. that's uh, that's a lot better now. Like I said, it's still not the perfect port, but for a Japanese developed game, a lot of those ports mm -hmm. are really jank, and this one is acceptable. Mm -hmm. More can be done, but it's it's acceptable. Yeah. As soon as you see an outside launcher when you click play on Steam, that's immediately a sign of like, ah, shit. That can so be a red flag. That. Yeah, it's like yeah. either it's Japanese developed or it's a Unity game. You know, it's one of the two. But yeah, it's it's be it's better than it was. So. They say anything about the next Dynasty Warriors? They say, "Hey, tell Jesse the next Dynasty Warriors is coming this well, they, year." They didn't mention it, but I imagine they're going to release it. You know, it's... I want that so badly. I mean, you Maybe know, Samurai <laughs> Warriors. Samurai <laughs> Warriors is where it's at. Nah, oh, after that shit, no, take that. Oh, <laughs> don't you want to play a tiny <laughs> Christian warriors. Christian mis missionary who also fight, happens fight. to be a I wizard? Don't. Because of course they are. Like, <laughs> no, no. I'll Lady take Putin and Helen from the ceiling. <laughs> any day. Get out of here! Nobunaga's a wizard shooting laser blades everywhere. Oh, only, man. Look, the only thing I need to wait for <laughs> other than that is uh, Fire Emblem Warriors, and I may die a happy man. That's never <laughs> getting a PC, and you know it. That's no chance oh, in hell. I'm, I will buy a Switch for that. I will actively go out and buy a Switch. They just know. For, like, that will be my Zelda. <laughs> I will just go buy a Switch for that, and I'm going to... Sully better be in that fucking game, and I'm gonna just ride with her into the sunset. I'm not gonna fight. I'm like Sully, let's get out of here, babe. And she's like, "Okay, that sounds all right." Well, I hope they do a better job than uh, than Dragon Quest Heroes Two on Switch because that runs like dog shit. They need to oh, fix really, really bad. Uh, there was a recent Fuck. comparison by Digital Foundries, like this is running terribly. So. Hmm. Yeah, hopefully they get a handle on that prior to the release of Fire Emblem Heroes. Otherwise, you're going to be running into the same bloody problem. Speaking um, of, uh, sorry, Dodger, go ahead. I was I was going to say, speaking of the Switch, I've been uh, playing a fuckload of Binding of Isaac on the Switch. Sure, really? yeah, talk about that because I also have a Switch related thing. I don't actually own a Switch, but I played a game yesterday that just came out on the Switch. So, we all have Switch-related problems. It's okay. Indeed. I, everyone <laughs> yeah. does. More Switch um, switches, more problems, something like that. Yeah, more, more switches, switch. more problems. Fuck yeah. Switches, get money. What? <laughs> um, yeah, the Switch has basically become my Binding of Isaac machine. If I'm... I've, I've realized very quickly that I cannot play the Switch with the screen and the controllers, like, all together. That is a um, fairly large problem. I, I can't do it because of the size of my hands, which too makes small me or think too that large. children in general would have a problem with that. Oh, really? Um, so that's the opposite problem to what I thought it might have. I was worried that my hands would be too big for it. I, I guess I they don't might think I'll have that problem at all. No, I, no I disagree. I think you can't have too big hands for it. Like, really? I, think I For me, 
everything about the controls constantly feels small. I I will have to buy the normal like controller thing. And yeah, I'm not the normal like, control for the, the record, the normal is controller is fantastic. It's yeah, awesome. like the, the pro controller. That's good. At least yeah, that's like, good to know. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not I'm like not giant hand man over here. I just have normal size hands, and even I think that shit is like too small. And so you saying it's like the opposite too. I there's like a small niche market of people who are like, <laughs> I think it works wonderfully. I have the perfect hands for the joy cons. Right. right, yeah. Apparently it's like I am the Goldilocks zone for these. Look, you, yeah. you were born with this gift, then with great power comes great responsibilities. So. Finally, my one gift, I can just hold a, a switch comfortably. It's oh. me, I did it. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. yeah, it it cramps specifically my right hand whenever I'm playing. Like this part of my hand feels like it has to be in a weird claw shape in order for me to like actually move my finger to all of the buttons that I need to be able to hit. Oh god, that so, sounds like the exact same problem I had with the original 3DS. Yeah, so all in here cramps so bad. So what we did actually was um Sam and I bought a little clamp. It's meant for your phone, but it's like it's a thing that that can clamp to like a table or we actually clamp it to the headboard and it's got like a long arm that you can uh position however you want. And then it's got a, a little like like hand, like a little claw hand, and you can put the switch in there, and it just holds the switch. So you just like have it so that it holds the switch right here, and then you, you just shouldn't play it like have this. to do that. You should really. not have to do that. Also, I mean the fact that uh, it's designed in a way, and we've talked about this before too. It's designed in a way where if you were to use the little like kickstand and you know put it on your side table or whatever that way you can't, you can't charge in. the fucking thing yeah, yeah. so yeah. Was, if you have it in the clamp you can still charge it so there are some benefits to that i wonder who they tested usage scenarios with you know just a very very small group of tiny people maybe or people with giant hands i mean if the commercials that believed their qa group was john cena so right you know just john cena <laughs> yeah and he's known for having gigantic hands Mm -hmm. so um, did, did anyone get a chance to play splatoon 2 at all during the test fire? no i downloaded it and i was like i can't wait for the uh, test fire and then by the time was, i tried to log into it it was already shut down <laughs> i like tried was, to do it, was, it too late it was good i managed to catch like four of them i think out of the five test fires or whatever nice. and oh my god the matchmaking feels better i don't know if that was just by chance or whatever like there were still server problems but it's the test fire of course there were server problems but sure. it wasn't having the splatoon one problem where oh no it's after 11 p.m i'm the only person with an english name in the lobby and all of my opponents are invisible and can teleport which was the worst <laughs> thing that happened in splatoon one where i just had such bad lag from overseas play so yeah. it seems like they fixed that. And other than that, it felt really good. It felt solid, felt basically like more Splatoon 1. So Yeah. Yeah. It's always good. Man. The Binding of Isaac on Switch is a $40 game with the DLC, right? It's like yes, a complete it has thing with all the expansions. All of the DLC, all of the official DLC that has ever come out. So it's packed with shit. Um you know, as a person who has consistently played Binding of Isaac for years um, and still really enjoys it and can sit and play it for hours, like, I think that it's worth that. But there I understand. Last you know, I couple of weeks, some people have been a bit up in arms over some Switch game prices of ports in the mm -hmm. sense that they have been 
far more expensive than is justifiable. Like, I mean, <clears throat> on launch, it was people saying one two switch is a joke for that price. One two switch should have been included with the switch. Yeah, it was Let's a packing game. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was no designed. Doubt. Don't tell me it wasn't devved as the pack-in game because that's what it yeah. is. It's the tech test game, right? Like it's what, yep. yeah. you know, Wii Sports, Wii, uh, what was the other one? Wii U had the uh, Nintendo Land, which was great if you had a group of people. Nintendo Land was a kick-ass time. But so you probably wouldn't this... have bought it separately. I know it came with like the premium bundle. It was, wasn't packed in with like the base model, but yeah. yeah. And the, um, the recent blow-up was that Minecraft Story Mode has come to the Switch and it costs okay. $10 more than on any other platform. Uh, and that's console platforms. Obviously, that kind of stuff's even cheaper on PC because we have sales all the time. But yeah, it's $40. And so that's $10 more than everywhere else. And the uh, Rhyme, which is coming out, uh, is an indie game. That's going to cost 40 on Switch, but it's 30 everywhere else. Mm. And they there's various claims as to why. Some people are claiming that it's Nintendo's fault. Uh, that it's a parity like the, issue with like cartridges. A tax or... Yeah, no, like a Nintendo tax, that there's a parity issue where you're not allowed to sell digital games cheaper than the cartridge versions, and the physical cartridges are bumping the price up. Um, the guy, uh, the Rhyme Twitter account said that it's based on the cost of development go to market costs, which vary for each platform. Obviously, that's a very vague answer, but right. needless to say, people are not happy about that, and I don't necessarily blame them either. Mm. I mean, it would it would not surprise me at all if in order to put your game on the Switch, you had to pay Nintendo a pretty hefty percent. They'll definitely they'll definitely be an issue there. So I mean, that's, like that that's, happens that's with the only all way that it makes to some extent. To yeah, I just wonder exactly to what and whether or not this the fact that this system is still built around physical games, whereas every other system is moving away to digital is going to cause problems and mm -hmm. nintendo is just going to be so insistent on this whole idea of parity between the price of something which actually costs money to make and distribute on a cartridge versus a digital copy that costs really nothing to make and distribute right and there's the engine support stuff too i don't know if the switch is still as bad as like the wii u and the wii and all that were because those were i think it was the wii u and the 3ds both didn't have support for like any builds of game maker Mm. which just totally wow that would shut road. down a lot of indie yeah, so far yeah, what i'm hearing from indie devs is that nintendo's been a joy to work with but you know who knows okay. how true that is oh. well, that's good yeah because i know like undertale for example like everyone <clears throat> wanted it on you know wii or something like or wii u at the time and toby fox is a huge fan of nintendo stuff so he all, was all about it but yeah game maker they would have to rebuild the game from the ground up to get it they didn't have an export option for it yeah, yeah so I, I hope they've got on board with that because, like, honestly, I think the Switch, especially since it's a portable machine, is going to rely far more on indie titles than mm -hmm. uh, than the previous consoles will. Because, honestly, that's really the only usage scenario I can see for it for me on a regular. I do like the idea of being able to, you know, take it to a convention and just set up and, you know, let's let's play some Gungeon, let's play some Towerfall, etc. with it, even though the small's a bit, uh, the screen's a little dinky, but whatever. But really, as a portable indie machine, sure. I can mm. see the use of that. And one of the games that has come out on PC, I believe, just yesterday, and is either already out for Switch or coming out very soon, one of those indie games is Has Been Heroes, which mm. was announced as one of the games in the launch month window, one of the very few games in the launch month window. And I played it yesterday. 
And it's by Frozen Bite, the guys that made Trine, if you recall correctly. Pretty, right. bit, pretty different game for them. Trine obviously was, uh, you know, pretty awesome looking platformer, though they had problems with the third game because they kind of bit off a bit more than they could chew with the whole early access thing. They went like full 3D and the game ended up being a bit. Oh, worse. this was the side scroller, uh, like the side RPG deal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Has Been Heroes is a side scrolling roguelite tactics battle game with real time pause. Yeah, I know. That's not very easy to explain, but I'll try. <laughs> I'll fucking try the best I can. I tried to explain this in chat yesterday and we failed miserably, but I'll, I'll try it again. The, the gameplay involves you traveling through this kind of roguelite world with nodes, you know, like FTL or something like that. You click a node and you travel there and there might be something in the node, like a shop or and a monster encounter or something and you have to travel through and beat the boss at the end you have a squad of three has-been heroes who are basically rubbish heroes that kind of died within the first five minutes of the game but were sent back to try and not suck and the battle system is based on three lanes and enemies are constantly walking towards you at varying speeds and you have a bunch of abilities and attacks that are based on cooldowns now most of the enemies have a stamina bar and they can take as many hits as that stamina bar allows before getting stunned, at which point you can then damage them. So mm. what you've got to do is you've got to take that stamina bar down and characters like rogues with lots of multi-hit combos are good at that, whereas characters with like big one-hit attacks aren't. So you break that and the game is based around swapping the characters in the lanes. Every time you attack, the game pauses and it lets you immediately swap one of the characters from another lane into that lane to follow up in a combo. So oh, you, cool. you hit him, you go bum, 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 bum. You're like your, uh, your stamina shield is down. And then I'm like, all right, my knight is ready to go. His cooldown's off. I'm going to swap the knight in. Immediately he follows up and smacks him about. And you also mix in a bunch of spells and special abilities and things like that. And it's about managing those lanes and trying to make sure that none of the enemies get close enough to hit you. Because every time you stun them and you do damage, it knocks them. It sends them flying backwards. Uh, so uh, you try to manage all those lanes. That's crazy. kind of, um, there are lots of browser-based MMOs that have elements that are like that, where you put together, you know, like a team and you basically just let the fight happen. But as long as you have the right team and you're able to choose which ones go at which time they'll all combo into each other yeah it's um, kind of like that i think there's a few mobile games that do this whole lane-based killing as well although most of those are much more simple real-time games this is right. very tactical like you've really got to think about your positioning if you're you can't move lanes unless a character is already in the middle of attack and has moved out of the way so when you do your attack you've got to make sure that you have a follow-up ready because if you don't have a follow-up ready right then and there, you can't do the swap. You could end up in a position where it's like, oh, shit, there's a skeleton walking towards me that has four stamina's worth of shields, and yet that lane has my big knight dude that can only hit once. So he's not going to be able to make it through that stamina bar. So I need to swap it out. But, oh, God, I mean, you've got to think ahead and be really careful about where you put your heroes and also when you use your spells. And can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, when it comes to that like so does it give the because i know it's a roguelite so i'm curious if, does it give the information in advance of like oh well that skeleton who has the stamina bar 
my guy won't be able to kill him? Or is that something you have to learn by getting your ass kicked? It's re- you learn very early how the stamina system works. Like they, mm-hmm. the stamina bar is represented on the screen as green blips. And the health bar is represented as a red bar. So okay. you know pretty much right off the bat, the game drills it into you really early. It's like, look, you can't just go swinging at somebody. You've got to break their stamina first. And then when they're stunned, you can go in to do a big attack. And yeah. the game also rewards you for getting double kills, triple kills, etc., and combos. And there are certain characters that will benefit from attacking at certain times. Like if you've just used a spell as the big warrior and then he immediately follows up with a swing, he does 30% extra damage. And the roguelite element is in the gear that you get every run. It's randomized. So there's like vendors that are like, we're going to sell you an item. You probably don't know what it is unless you've encountered it before, but make sure that you send the right dude to go and get it because once you acquire the equipment, you can't move it to a different character. It's stuck there. Also, the spell Mm. acquisition's the same. And the interesting thing about spell acquisition is that each hero has five slots for spells. The more spells you give to a hero, the more bonuses they unlock. So like mm-hmm. if uh, if the rogue character gets a spell in their third slot, they'll be like, oh, any buff that you use now applies to everybody instead of just you and all that kind of thing. And it varies Dude, on a run-to-run basis. Fun. It it does. T- it, yeah, it takes a bit of getting used to. Like initially I was hella confused. I was like, oh God, I can't swap these guys around. What's happening? I don't, I'm not doing any damage. Once you learn how it's designed to work. It's super satisfying to do the combos and it's very tactical. And once you get through the first run and beat the first boss, you start to unlock new heroes and there's about 60 of them. So the first three dudes you start with, you're not stuck with them. And with all this random equipment, when I completed my first run, it unlocked 82 things. Like new enemies, new items, new terrain, new monsters, new heroes... There's a ton to unlock. If you're into the whole roguelite progression thing, this game's got that in spades, but it's very combat-oriented, and it's very much based on this whole lane-swapping combo idea. Um, not what I would expect from Frozen Bite, but no, cool. No, very different. <laughs> yeah, cool. And I would play it. I'd play this game portably. Uh, this would be a good Switch game, I think. Um, it's, it's pretty cheap. It's like $12 or whatever, I think on PC and it works fine there, but I'd, I'd play this as a switch game. Absolutely. Um, I have also been playing a shitload of that new battle Royale game player unknown battlegrounds. Oh, Um, you've played that. Yes. That's the talk of Twitch right now. Yeah. I, so just as a heads up to everyone on this show and otherwise, um, I have never played any of those Battle Royale games before. I never played H1Z1, King of the Kill. I never did any of the, like, DayZ Battle Royale stuff. Like, none of it, right? Um, So this was my very first time. And uh, it is very, very fun because it takes... It takes the elements that I think are super boring in those games, which is just, like, we're going to drop you into this world. You have no direction except, like, try not to die and you know try to find like good enough gear that if you run into a person hopefully you'll win right like that's that's how those games always seem to progress to me and it's boring and i don't feel like i know what i'm supposed to be doing sure um what i really like about this is that you have a purpose right like there's a specific amount of time that this is going to go down you start with 100 people um you have to yeah, you have to like figure out where you want to drop because you start off in a plane. 
and you drop down, you're trying to drop down in a place where other people aren't dropping because otherwise it's going to be a race to see who finds a gun first because they know exactly where you are. You know exactly where they are. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it does the whole thing where like the play area gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. It like forces the game to be a certain amount of time. Um, for the most part, it actually feels kind of chill because you're like, okay, in a, like in a minute here, I really need to move towards that circle. But for right now, I'm going to loot these houses and see if I can find a better police vest. I didn't find one. Okay. Well, I guess I'll start moving towards that. So, ah, fuck, I died. Well, I'll try again. <laughs> like it, it's wound up being like a really Zen fun game for me. Uh, and it's very different from anything that I ever, ever play. So I was shocked to actually enjoy it as much as mm. I do. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been having a whole lot of fun playing that game. It is an early access, but everybody that, uh, that consistently plays these sort of battle royale games are saying that this one has a lot of things to it that make it better. I don't specifically know what those things are because again, I don't have the experience to be able sure, to speak yeah. on that. But, um, but overall from the community, they're saying this one, uh, this one has taken critique from other games and employed it into their game, which is good. Yeah. And this so, whole battle royale kind of hunger game style thing is becoming, has become definitely a new genre over the last year. Mm -hmm. And there are, there's a lot of early access versions of it. And what's interesting about it is seeing the ones that people think are going to be the king of the genre die. Uh, the Culling is probably one of the best examples of that. Yeah. That game had a huge amount of popularity when it came out, and it tanked over the course of a year. Yeah. That, was, that was quite amazing to me. Right now, this game is one of the top played games on Steam. It has not, however, passed King of the Kill which is interesting. There's a big right. battle right now. King of the Kill has been very popular for quite some time. It remains popular. It's managed to keep people interested. I think I'm um, looking at the spikes of play for this and seeing like, wow, you know, there's, they seem to update a lot and that keeps people interested. Apparently they dropped a gigantic update right before Player Unknown Battlegrounds came out on purpose. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, oh, at the God. moment. Yeah, that's smart. There's a, sense, yeah. there's a fight going on between the two of them uh, where they're competing for player base. At the moment, King of the Kill seems to have the edge, but if Player Unknown keeps growing and then starts to cannibalize King of the Kill, then I imagine that those positions are going to switch. Um, Battlegrounds has said that in they want to be fully released in six months. Okay. Um, so they have like lots of planned out patches and updates already. So whether or not they stick to those, obviously... We'll have to see. Um, but what a lot of people have said is that um, the variety of weapons and locations is already better in Battlegrounds without all of the stuff in the game. Okay. So other other Battle Royale games, uh, while they do already have, you know, a an established player base for the most part they don't have as much of a variety of ways to play the game and that's what battlegrounds is trying to do better right so whether or not they win because of that well i think it's good that there are two very popular games in the genre battling it mm -hmm. out because it will hopefully drive them both to be better i mean it's not like the daybreak guys can sit on their laurels with h1z1 anymore <laughs> they've been sort of top of the you know king of the hill the smash hit yeah, smash hit game, H1Z1. 
Uh, yeah, they've been sitting on the top of the mountain for quite some time, which is weird when you think about the history of H1Z1. It started off as a kind of daisy esque game when that was the big thing, but yeah. then transitioned into a Battle Royale-style game when that became the big thing, pretty much abandoning the Daisy aspect of it. Like, it became obvious over time that no one was going to make a good Daisy like game. And Daisy certainly wasn't going to, because yeah. that yeah. game's basically dead. Yeah. So it, it's very intriguing to me that this genre sort of changed. It adapted and it realized, you know what? Daisy ain't going to happen. Let's take part of what people liked from Daisy and make that the focus of the game. And let's make Battle right. Royale instead. Because that was already would, going that way anyway. How would you say the startup time is on a game? Because like that was always my biggest problem with the other ones. Is really I'd drop quick. in and there would be a good like 15, 10, 15 minutes of, I just want to find better pants. Like that was just like oh. such a huge part. It's just like, fuck, I just want better pants. Like, no, <laughs> like when you decide that you want to, I will say the most frustrating thing about the game is that it's not optimized yet. And that's really obvious. And they've said that that's what they're focusing on right now. Yeah, I had a lot of people um, so out of performance problems. It makes it. your computer chug a bit because it's just like, <laughs> but um, when you decide that you want to play, it takes, uh, I think it's like 30 seconds for you to get into the game. And then um, it doesn't take long for you to start finding gear that you can use. So, um, as of right now, there's like three tiers of specific gear. So there's like three tiers of vests, three tiers of helmets, um, lots of different guns, lots of different ammo. That was the that was the most as a person who doesn't play these games. That was the part that I had the biggest trouble with at first was like, how do I know if I need this ammo or not? How do I know if I need this part or not? Does this part go on my gun? I don't like fuck. So I was just picking up everything and they're like, don't pick up everything. You're wasting your space. I was like, I don't know. But at this point, I've, I've figured that out. <laughs> How many times did you have wrong bullet for gun? Because that used to come up all the time. Oh, Is that God. like a constant thing still? Just like, I have all um, this nine millimeter ammo and an I was son of a bitch. I like. was literally about to say... My biggest issue is for some reason, I pick up fucking nine millimeter ammo always. I'm like, I need this, right? And then I look at my guns and I'm like, I don't need this. And I drop it again. But God before I would it. pick it up and be cartridge. like- Of course I need it. Right? Oh God. Yeah, so people would be like, where are you, uh, where are you using that ammo on? Which gun, which gun uses that? Cause <laughs> what you doing buddy? Yeah. Um, yeah, my greatest joy in that game so far is seeing an entire crew of people in a car hop out of their car and go into a building and then stealing their car and driving away. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do in the game is just be like, bye motherfuckers, <laughs> and just drive away in their car. I love it. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, I think I would, I would have to look this up to be sure, but I think player unknown started as a modder. So if if they seem to have a better ear to the ground on what people modder. want, yeah. that would make a lot of sense. That That's probably why, I think, because mm -hmm. he, he was working on stuff for armor anyway, so he was yeah. pretty familiar with the whole scene, as it were. Yeah, Which would explain why it has a terrible name. Like, that is an awful, awful name for a game. There's no doubt about it. But you know exactly what it is. You, You're like, true. I bet you... people battle in this game. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you credit on that one. Yep, you yep. are absolutely right. Uh, yeah, so it's it's yeah. been fun to it's it's just been fun to like 
try out a new genre and have a sure, lot of fun yeah. with it. Cool. I don't I don't ever play shooters or anything like that. Yeah, so. I, I've never played a, a battle royale game with the exception of Division Survival, which I think is very good, but that does have some PvE elements in it, and I know that these other games don't. So mm. people who are not interested in killing NPCs are probably not going to like that, but I think like Division Survival is probably still the most polished of any of those games. And it's it's worth playing Division 4 just for that mode, honestly. It's really fun, in my opinion. Oh my God, God, I have every a free trial I'm, now. I'm looking through an image search of the name of just like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds just to see. And uh it turns out the first like 40 results on Google image search don't use the official typography that they oh. have, which is fair because <laughs> the font is really bad in okay. all their promo images. Like it doesn't fit banners well. You're right. The name is, yeah, it's it's bad for promo material. Oh boy. Yeah. That I think text, most people just call it pub. Yeah, yeah. just pub. That's let's go place one. let's go down to the pub. Fuck it. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. that's gonna become a problem for UK players very quickly, I can tell you that. <laughs> so, that will cause unnecessary confusion. Uh, there's another game I did play, which is quite briefly, honestly, uh, Viking Wolves of Midgard came out a few days ago, which is mm, Diablo, yeah. but Vikings. Yo. Okay. Which probably has piqued the interest of some people. Yeah. Mine. It's, it's not bad. I, mm. It has some weird ideas in it, like they've incorporated a little bit of survival-like gameplay in it. Like uh, one of the first levels, there's a you're too fucking cold. And I was like, well, if you wouldn't wear what's basically a fucking fur bikini, then that might not happen. But it's like, you're, you're too fucking cold. You've got to make sure that you make it to like campfires in time or you'll start losing HP from freezing to death. So there's an element of that in it. And it's also quite combo and dodge driven. Like your character has a dodge and you can use it a lot and you should be avoiding taking hits rather than just popping potions all the time. And it's also very much a case of it will reward you for a lot of kills in a row, double kills, chain kills, dodging a lot. And it rewards you with this currency called blood, which you then use to fuel altars and level up your abilities and stuff. Outside of that, it, you know, very, very much Diablo-esque. It reminds me a little bit more of uh, Victor Vran than it does of Diablo, that more action and dodge-focused kind of hack-and-slash action RPG with a little less focus on loot, but still quite a lot of loot nonetheless. It almost looks like gauntlet-paced as kind far of, as, like, yeah. the speed of the game. Yeah, It, to some extent, is that. Yeah, it's pretty fast. It's not bad. I haven't really got far enough into it to really know just whether or not it's actually worthy of people's time yet. It seems like it's pretty good for what it is. It's pretty well animated. The graphics are quite nice. Everything explodes in nice, satisfying splats. There's a good different variety of weapons and skills that are associated with said weapons. You know, there's big Viking rage mode that you can keep going if you keep comboing. You can pretty much keep going forever if you're good enough. And it even tells you, it's like, this was your longest rage ever and stuff. Like, it's very much a numbers-based game. Some really cool enemies in it as well, like little goblins riding wolves, and you knock them off the wolf, and then you have to fight them on foot, and they have a whole different moveset. That was pretty cool as well. As this is... All the reviews on Steam are so bizarre, because they all start... <clears throat> the game is actually really fun, but... Or, uh, yo, I really like this game, but... Even though, yeah. like, it's crazy that everyone's like, oh, this game's super fun, I love this, but... Like, right. it's such a weird thing to see people say. So for me, I feel like, all right, I'll try it. 
it's it's got its good points. It, I definitely wouldn't say that it is super polished or anything. It's kind of one of those weird double A games that's like, yeah, this looks really, really great, but it doesn't have like the polish of a triple A game, if that okay. even applies these days. It's another Calypso title. Uh, they're guys who are known for pumping out quite a lot of interesting variations on existing genres that have some good ideas and some of them work well and some of them, well, don't. So it's it might be a don't buy this at full price kind of thing, but this will probably be pretty good on sale sort of game. I'll have to play a bit more to really get a full impression of it, though. But it didn't give me a bad impression to start. It just it feels like it's just a little jank in places and some systems are maybe a little less fleshed out than I would like and all that kind of thing. Right. Not bad by any stretch, though. Yeah. Anyone else got anything else quickly before we go to a break and then come back with the news? Anybody got anything they want to toss out there? Uh, Speak now or forever hold your peace. Nothing to River City Ransom that. Underground. Uh, oh, did you play a bit of that? I played a bit of that. Um, on release, it was kind of a train wreck. <laughs> Sadly. I, I played um, it very briefly when it first came out of early access and I wasn't massively impressed, I have to say. Yeah, um, upside is the devs seem to be super responsive so far. Like every oh, patch they've introduced, I've read through all the patch notes. I mean, like, fuck, yes, thank you. Oh my God. Good. Oh, That's yes. great. Like, That's what you want. Through it. So, like, three or four, because like there were no starting moves was the biggest problem to the point that one guy literally couldn't do jack or shit. They fixed that. Uh, they've been fixing like AI problems, like enemies backing away too much. So, great. It was not good at release, it, it was bad. But at this point, it seems like soon, soon good, hopefully. So Happy keep to hear an eye that. on that at the very least. Yeah. That's excellent. Great. All right. We're going to take a very quick break. And then we're going to come back because we are going to have to finish the show basically right on the top of the hour. We've got a couple of news articles to talk about. And I need to strip down a little bit more of this release list because some of you, you suck and you're not getting talked about. We'll be right back after the break, folks. Do not go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. All right, we've got 45 minutes left. Let's get into it just pretty much immediately. I want to start with the news, big news in South Korea, of course. Earth-shattering news for them. Maybe not so much for everybody else, but a big <laughs> announcement nonetheless. StarCraft, the original StarCraft, that being StarCraft and Brood War, are being re-released as a remastered version from Blizzard. This being their first ever effort at a full-on remaster. Right. Yep, they've, they, I'm thinking back, it's like, have they ever tried it? Like, no, they haven't. They've never, they've never tried the remaster treatment. And I imagine that people are now wondering why they haven't remastered all of their games, because I imagine there's probably quite a big desire to see Warcraft 3 and Diablo 2 get the remaster treatment. But StarCraft Remastered, which was unsurprisingly unveiled at an event in South Korea called We Love StarCraft, which was the uh, a brood war show set so brood war show matches with four of the most famous brood war players and then the announcement and then the gsl finals which is the finals of the most prestigious starcraft 2 tournament demonstrated that they are polishing up the graphics they're polishing up the audio they are giving you a widescreen option though apparently it will not give you a field of view advantage over the regular 4x3. They're adding in a proper matchmaking system. So basically modern lobbies, modern matchmaking and MMR. 
They're integrating what's called the Fish server, which is the competitive server they've used in South Korea for the last 10 or so years. And they've added additional spectator modes into the game to make it a better esports viewing experience. And it, of course, comes with the campaign. It's cross-compatible with the original Brood War, and the original Brood War is now free. They've also fixed a couple of bugs, but they have retained all of the original things like UI. They have retained the weird pathfinding that some of the units like the Dragoons have. Essentially, they have left in everything that could perceivably affect the game balance in some way, and they have fixed everything that does not. And that's been received with mixed reactions in the West and universal acclaim in South Korea, unsurprisingly. <laughs> Wait, why are we not feeling it? Well, the reason that some people aren't feeling it is that they feel that there's not enough being changed and that selling that game again without all that much being changed is not justifiable. But the flip side of that is a lot of people are saying, don't change a fucking thing. Don't you fucking dare. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which puts the us in a very esports. Yeah. Indeed, the the origin of esports, the original esports game, the you know a groundbreaking game, no doubt about that. And there are people asking for changes. Some people are asking for changes that were seen in StarCraft Two, like oh, I don't want to have limited selection of units. I want to have unlimited, or I want to be able to bind more than one building to a hotkey, or I want my workers to auto-rally. Here's the problem with all of that. If you do that, you will break the game. You will mm -hmm. break the balance of the game. Here's a great right. example. You know, Zerg should, by all intents and purposes in Brood War, be completely overpowered. You know why they're not? Because you can only select 12 units at a time. If you could select unlimited units with the way that Brood War is designed, Zerg would win all the time. Forever. Right. You can't, you can't make those changes. But it puts the game in a really interesting situation where the game is archaic by necessity and will, as a result, be very inaccessible to a lot of people yeah. Yeah. on purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, yeah. that's created a divide. And I think, it, you know, from my perspective, and my perspective is going to be a bit of a different one to most people because of my heavy involvement in the StarCraft esports scene, as well as the Korean scene. You know, earned, we owned a South Korean esports team for a few years. We know a lot more about what goes on over there than most. This is exactly what they should have done. Like, everything that they're offering seems to be exactly what people wanted in South Korea and what people in the competitive scene wanted. The fact that they're still using the Brood War engine and they haven't changed anything from that is ne is necessary. If they'd ported anything over, if they'd used, say, the StarCraft II engine, it would all go to hell. Right. Changing the art style. I mean, even what they've done right now with the art style, which I think looks pretty good, is still a bit controversial because some people are complaining that there's not e the shading and the shadows aren't what they want. So, right. mm -hmm. you know, even then, that's is, people are still complaining about that. So, like, there, it's that game is a sacred cow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. To the point where you really can't change it. I, and I think a lot of people do not understand their goal here. They really don't, and I'm sure they'd love to sell millions of copies to people in America, but that's really not their goal. Their goal is to sell copies to people in South Korea and take back their esports dominance over there because right. you, they can't do it with StarCraft 2. They've tried. They've been trying for six years, more longer than that even. And South Korea's fans just ain't buying it. Sure, some of them will watch, but the market for StarCraft 2 over there just is not a good one. It's not great. All the best players are from there, but the fans aren't. And that's a really awkward situation to be in. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You can get them to fill out a, you know, a small stadium for finals, but the average attendance of a GSL, say, round of 32 game in South Korea is, you know, under 100 people. Damn. That's in Ugh. person, you know. In terms of streaming, Man. they don't get a lot. Most of the people that watch that game are from outside of South Korea. So that's what they. That's why they're making this brood, you know, brood war in this way. That's why they're remastering it in this way. And in my opinion, there's no other way to remaster it. Hmm. It's just impossible. It looks like the it looks like the graphic remastering is really nice. Look, too. Like, like they're taking care with it. Yeah, because like I've seen some really really bad like remasters and stuff like particularly the uh final fantasy like four and five port i think it was where they just turned it into a blurry mess like they just threw a super eagle filter or whatever the hell it was over the sprites and turned them into a muddled mess yeah just looks like this awful awful photoshop filter yeah it yeah yeah it looks crisp like it really in my opinion looks Mm -hmm. good like it retains all the original character but it sharpens everything up it makes things a lot better Mm -hmm. you know it's not a lazy remaster and this is something else they're being accused of by the way and obviously I'm heavily biased on this because of all the work I do with StarCraft Esports, but accusing this of being lazy is ridiculous. It's like they're doing everything they can do without yeah. breaking the game and changing it beyond what the people in South Korea and the competitive scene wants. <clears throat> you you have to treat it with reverence because that's what they want. Like It is. They just want the same game updated to run on modern systems and look a little bit better. But yeah, you can't change any mechanics. If you mechanically no, you adjust anything, that's... Yeah, that's going to murder. Well, because they want to be able to have like old players and old strategies come in and be able to get from the word go. Like you said, if they're trying to recapture market, they need to make sure the people who were driving market can just hop right back in. Yeah, and the thing is, those people who were driving the market are already back in Brood War. The the big guys. Um, yeah. Flash, celebrity status in South Korea. Jadong, mm-hmm. Bisu, Stork. Those are probably the big four. They have been back in Brood War for several months, and as a direct result, the last Brood War tournament they did got massive viewership, like actual better viewership than most StarCraft II tournaments, and its South Korean viewership was off the charts. Right. So those players are already there, and I think Blizzard saw the writing on the wall, which is why a couple of years ago they started making this, like, all right, we give up. We can't make South Korea like StarCraft II. Everyone else does, but South Korea doesn't. All right, fine. We're going to give you what you asked for. It's either that or nothing, right? It's either that or you lose that market completely. Why would you ever want to lose that market completely? So it's it's necessary. And I think I'm okay with a remaster just being these kind of improvements. A remake, well, okay, if you're going to fuck with stuff in a remake, that's fine. But you're remastering something that isn't broken. So you just make it work better, put in the features that are conducive to good spectator and good laddering experience, good like queuing into matchmaking and stuff, and go from there. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems to be where it is right now. Yeah, I mean, even imagine if they put in like more camera controls for like an outside spectator or something like that. Like, yeah, that's what they're doing. Two esports. Oh, that's fucking amazing. Okay, yeah, yeah no, you they can got zoom it, all yeah, the way that's out. All they needed. Yeah, you yeah, can the graphics just do that. That's all they need. And that was that was yeah. a big deal because uh, spectating in StarCraft One was a nightmare. Very difficult mm-hmm. to be an observer in that game. You can now zoom all the way out and see the whole battlefield. Oh, that's awesome! Yep, wow. that's fantastic. That's going to be great. And obviously, the sixteen by nine support is super important for that. Everyone watching on the streams is watching in sixteen by nine, so of course they're going to put that in there. Just putting in stuff that will help and nothing that will screw with it. 
They can't. They just can't. You know, they they've they've uh, put in key rebinding support that wasn't in the original. You know, even people are like, oh, you can rebind keys now. Casual game. Like <laughs> no, it. They're, they're doing everything they can. I think. If they don't have to learn the damn wizard spells to control their units, <laughs> that's just too easy. Damn. Yeah. Muggles. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I think a lot of yeah. people are, uh, are going to buy into this, play the campaign, be happy with the campaign, try ladder, and then leave within a day. Because, like, this game is far too hard. I can't do a damn thing. You think StarCraft 2 is hard? Brood War is insanely difficult. Like, I would go as far as to say the most difficult competitive multiplayer game on the market. I go that far. I'd certainly say that in terms of one versus one. Like, it's hard to directly compare it to something like Counter-Strike, which is a team game. But Star as a 1v1 game, there is nothing harder than Brood War. Well, the micro is insane. That's the main thing, for me at least, was the micro control stuff was just... Can't do it. Can't do the management at that level. No. Yeah, the speed, <laughs> the speed required to keep up. The yes. macro, uh, managing your economy, the macro, the micro, everything about it is ludicrously difficult. I don't think that people outside of South Korea are going to be buying it for anything other than a nostalgia trip. And honestly, cool. The campaigns yeah, are great. that's fine. But I will say this, if you want to play the campaign in StarCraft 2, that already exists. Download the massive, Mass Recall mod. That's the whole campaign that you could play for free in Brood War with the starter edition. So you can just do that in StarCraft 2 if you like. Up to you, really. Mm. Yeah, we'll see what it comes of it. Maybe there's something else Blizzard-related that I think Jesse's probably going to be able to comment on better than I can. Big changes to Heroes of the Storm. And some of them, some people are not taking kindly to because Blizzard seems to have become obsessed with loot boxes. Loot boxes <laughs> are now in Heroes of the Storm now as well. It's true. Tell me about it, Jesse. What's going on? I mean, so for the longest time, Heroes of the Storm has been trying to find itself and where it fits into the MOBA world. And, uh, you know, they sometimes create characters where you're like, ah, so you want to be the fun guys. I get it now. And sometimes they create characters where it's like, what is happening right now? Um, you know, uh, the most recent character they released was Probius from StarCraft uh, 2, I guess. Is where they're saying he's Barely. from. He's the the they, that is a retcon and a half. They're claiming it was the probe from the intro <laughs> cinematic to the latest yeah. expansion. Bullshit. Well, <laughs> so, so even with that said, the idea like, oh, you're playing a probe. So this is going to be a really fun, silly character. I was really excited. I can, I want to say, I think it might be the worst character ever created in any oh, moment. No. <laughs> oh, no. It is, it is, it is a probe. Look. I know I'm going to get like a message from Sohinky and be like, I thought it was fun to play. Well, that's because you think everything's fun, you fanboy. So anyway, <laughs> uh, it's a character that you're, you're a builder, right? The buildings you create, the pylons and the photon cannons are easily killed. Uh, and really the base of the character, what you're really relying on is your uh, Q and W, which is you open warp gates and then you can blow those warp gates up, right? Which is like, cool. It's a one, two combo, but like, you're a builder. You're not a fighter, right? Yeah. Your character. Your character has uh, no mount, but has a sixty percent movement speed buff that you can cast on yourself. But if you get hit, you lose it instantly. So you have no escape. So you're like a really shitty character that has no cool things that you can do. Not even for fun. Like there's no fun in this character. It drives me crazy. But apparently they're buffing him or whatever. Anyway, the idea that like okay. 
I feel like they're going down this path. We're going to make things silly and fun and, and change up our game. When I saw that they were making uh, Heroes of the Storm 2.0, I was like, go on. What kind of fun changes are, are we finally going to be like the, what I've always said, instead of trying to be GTA, they should be the Saints Row of the MOBA industry. Sure. And like, go crazy. And I agree. I'm on board with that. And so I hope that 2.0 means that might be the path they're going. But um, really what it means is that they are going more towards Overwatch and more yes. towards the other games that exist uh, that they've created. And so uh, the basic gist is that now uh, they're changing the leveling scheme so that, um, first off, you don't cap at 40 anymore as a personal level. There's no cap, is level. there? You just keep going. Yeah, it's, it's now based off of your cumulative, uh, it like reflects the sum score of your total heroes that you've played. So the more hero levels you have, the higher score you have as a, a player. Uh, when it comes to hero leveling, they changed that and made it way more like Overwatch. Before it was, you can level, you can level, you can level, you can level, you hit level eight. And then from eight to nine, you're like, oh my God. And from nine to 10, you're like, fuck me. And then you're just like, why am I playing this so much? Um, so that's changed. They've lowered that down. And now the leveling is very much like Overwatch. And the reason why, loot chests. That's right. Indeed. They've included loot chests <sighs> now. Loot boxes. And so loot, loot boxes, loot chests, whatever it is in this game, basically you earn it through hero progression, player progression. There's all sorts of things you can get that are um, rare chests and like uh, special epic chests and hero yeah, specific there's also, chests. Yeah, there's different types, aren't there? There's like, if you want one that can that just gets stuff for a particular character, you can do that. Yeah, and so you, you now have all these different chests and the rewards they're saying are very much like Overwatch. There are four items that drop. There are exclusives just to the chests. There are things that you can get that aren't just skins, heroes, and mounts. There's... Uh, voice packs and voice lines and emojis and you, banners. You can also get full heroes out of these things. Yeah. You can, yeah, yeah. You can get Which, the heroes. And, that's and really nice. Yeah. It, it sounds nice. And I need to see this in practice because when you go back, every hero has three skins or three looks per skin. So you yeah. get all three of those. You just get the one variant, right? right. Do you, then now they're including sprays and emojis shotgun blast the face voice lines banners i love uh, banners by the way you can slap cool. them down in the middle of a fight which i thought was pretty cool they're just purely cosmetic that are show off basically right and that all all of those things by themselves i'm like all right well that's cool i'm worried going forward what the like okay i have already spent x number of dollars like it's one of those things that already if you're into the game what am i getting for having bought into your game early mm -hmm. and more importantly uh all those extras sound like a bunch of stuff just to take people's money and because it's a lot of it's not just like voice lines and a few things it's a lot of extras and then well, yeah, there's a lot of overwatch of like you know where there's like hundreds of sprays and voice lines and yeah. stuff although yeah, and i will say that you know i think chat emotes especially animated ones and banners and sprays are better you know it seems like these chests especially considering they provide skins it almost looks like every chest also guarantees some currency as well. Well, which is that's, something that yeah, yeah, the did currency not do. issue is the thing I really care about, uh, care about. The rest of it, I'm fine with. I wish they would focus more on making the game a little bit different than, than the route they're going down, but everything else I'm fine with. The currency is what annoys me. There are now three currencies in the three game. Three of them, yeah. There's a lot oh, of currencies. Gold still exists, so you can use gold to buy things. 
gems now replace real money so you have to buy gems which is stop one of those- that bloody obfuscation what? shit ah oh, i hate yeah, it just I hate that shit sell it's, me it's- something for dollars not magical space money and that's and and i think what sucks and i want this to not be true but i think what because everyone since the beginning of this game's release has complained that the characters are too expensive and when you can see the numbers oh this character is 599 this character is 1499 right when you can see those numbers, it's much like going to an arcade. Remember how arcades got more and more expensive and then eventually they switched to cards? It's like, that's only 15 credits, right? It's like, yeah, but 15 credits is $5. It's one of, like, you don't realize that. And I think that's what they're doing here. Rather than changing the prices, I think they're just like, no, no, it's not $14.99 anymore. That shit's like 20 gems. It's like, right. yeah, but 20 gems is still a lot of money. And then with that as well, they have the overwatch thing where if you get duplicates in your loot boxes you then get shards which then you can be used to purchase things as well so there's three currencies that's insane it's a bit bonkers yeah yeah Uh, you were mentioned sorry dodge go ahead i was gonna say i feel like part of this is also just adding value to their token system right because they a while back they announced that you can use tokens that you buy with wow gold you can yes. then exchange them for loot crates in all of their other games. Really? Like I actually can, didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You can. So if you have a ton of money in World of Warcraft, you can buy a token with it. And then you can go into Hearthstone and buy cards. Or you can go into Overwatch and buy crates. And I think that this is a way of adding more value to that. Um, because because they they recently like really cracked down on people who were trading raid runs for real money as well mm. or basically like we've given you this token system so that you can like you can trade wow gold and it has more value right and so um yeah i think i think maybe adding like another another thing that you can use wow gold on is is part of it and also Possibly. yeah what jesse was saying that like everybody's been complaining for so long about how expensive heroes are and I think the idea of being able to potentially open up a crate and get a hero for free um, is is going to be very appealing to people. I mean, I'm it's very... also a case of obfuscation as well. You can hide the true cost behind. You know, right. If you just spend, if you're spending yeah. money that's not real, uh, it feels different. And also, you do uh, you can earn these gems through dailies as well. But again, you could have just earned gold, which was a much simpler system. So um, much simpler, especially with the shards. And it does look like some things are going to be exclusive to certain currencies. That bothers me in particular. Yep, there are uh, only things that you can get from like there's certain skins that you can only get from loot boxes, right? I, so you can't. I hate eventually- that. We had this fucking problem with um, goddamn Overwatch, and uh, that that sucked there as well. Yeah, and and. This and, and I also want to point out to what Dodger said that the idea of wow gold farming then pays for the rest of your stuff. This all goes back to my grand theory of of Blizzard, which is like they just leech from their own games. Yes. Like, eventually that's they have to realize that's a problem because as a Blizzard fan, I you know, I go between games and for people who are big Overwatch or uh, uh, Warcraft people. They're going to have all this gold, but I don't know if that's going to be like, oh, I'll go spend all that in Heroes, or I'll go buy this token. Like, there's, They keep pulling people from like, oh, well, no one's playing Diablo right now, but man, they should play Overwatch. It's, it's like a weird, I'm constantly being pulled between their games because of all the like, this is the benefit you get for playing this week for this game. This is the, but I don't know anyone who has enough time to play every single one of their games. 
So it's they, like it's they don't really want you the to. Way they operate. They really want you to. And sometimes it has been effective. You know, the the crossover event they did with Heroes and Overwatch, where you could get that uh, a Genji skin, did get a lot of people to come and play. A lot, yeah. the, the problem with those people often is they were there begrudgingly and they weren't even trying. And it was it was actually a pain in the ass to play with a lot of them. Yeah. My big concern always with those systems, because I've played like Puzzles and Dragons and like all sorts of mobile games for ages that use those kind of like gotcha machines or whatever, like the kind of yeah. original loot, the, the OG loot crates. Indeed. And the thing is, for any of those systems to work, you have to inject trash, which is what sucks. Like that's yeah. the downside. So as far as like right. chat emotes, banners, if they make the trash enjoyable trash, if you can love your garbage when you get it, that's great but if you're getting the thing where you're like all right here's five dollars fuck i got nothing like what's the point of that you know like that's that's where it really starts hurting the game and that was my problem with overwatch and, and that's and that's going to be a problem that mm -hmm. will happen in a game like this when they straight out say like you can get very special skins from these loot boxes but only from loot boxes so people are going to dump all their shards on whales yeah, yeah. they're on whales again yeah yeah <laughs> and they just that is. Don't Man, do I, I, I have always hated that and I will always continue to yeah, hate it. Having, I know having like items that are exclusive to an RNG thing, basically uh, setting up so you may potentially never get it is bullshit. Yeah. I oppose that thoroughly. I don't mind loot boxes in principle, but there should no, always be at least one other reliable way to get the thing that I want. I shouldn't have to rely on random yeah. bullshit. And while it seems there is a currency for that, the shards thing, as they were saying, it seems there are some exclusive items that you can't get with those. Mm -hmm. So right. you run into the same problem we had with the what uh, with the first set of skins for Overwatch. It was what the Summer Games skins, where oh, time gated are the worst. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. where it's like, oh, you great. There's no other way to get them, and we're getting rid of them in like a month. It's like, well, fuck yeah. that. You know, there, it's there ridiculous. was a thing. There was a thing in mobile games real early on. This is years ago, where there was actually a lawsuit pushed for because someone had dumped like thousands of dollars into it like multiple players to try and get one specific card had spent thousands and thousands of dollars uh -huh. and they didn't get it and people actually ran the spreadsheets came back out again and they managed to calculate out like yo motherfucker these rates are not correct like they're like yeah it's a one percent chance and people did the math and it's like actually it's like 0.05 percent what's up with that so yeah. yeah that's isn't that the reason why china has introduced legislation where they have to show the odds of getting a specific to... thing now on a loot box Mm. Yep, if you're pushing for a specific banner set, you have to advertise the exact rates. I would uh, love to see services. that introduced in this country, I'll tell you that. Yeah, also, you aren't allowed to have anything that takes multiple pieces from, like, the gotcha machine to make a single thing. So you can't say, like, mm. this thing from RNG and this thing from paid RNG come together to make this super busted thing. Like, uh, you know, it can only yeah. be one piece from RNG. Yeah. You know? At least you look at it and it's like, well, there's no real buying of power here. And I think that from the... They're never going to make a hero exclusive to a loot box, you know? A skin, maybe, but never a hero. Right. It seems like mo most of the average players are probably going to benefit from this system in that they're going to get heroes quicker. Maybe not the heroes they necessarily want, but they'll get options faster. And yes, opening boxes is quite exciting. And I think things like emotes, considering you can have more than one of those equipped at any time, they're pretty good to have. I mean, fuck, look at the people that collect Twitch emotes. We've got like 40 in this chat. People love it. But there, there is that potential to really screw with people. And it also leaves a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth. It's like, you are really, really, really trying to get money out of me here. And it's becoming yeah. really obvious and upfront and kind of ridiculous. And when I see all these different systems, I feel like you're trying to trick me. Because and you probably are. 
absolutely. When I saw on my Twitter feed, Heroes 2.0 pop up, I was like, this is it. They're finally doing it. (laughs) Literally just like, here's our new leveling scheme. And here's how you get items now. And it's totally, it's, we're not changing the game. We're changing the uh, sort of outside the game aspects of it, which, you know, all right, whatever. But I, I desperately wish that they would do more to make it like a different gaming experience rather than just like hey guys we're still hanging in there with this mobile thing we're gonna keep doing it we're gonna it's gonna work out for us in the end like i don't you know it's heartbreaking but whatever i'll still play it so they got me i'm not gonna complain anymore yeah it it depends on how it's implemented like you know from what i see if you break it down it's pretty beneficial Apparently, if you're a super veteran player, there is a cap on how many retroactive chests you get, which means that a lot of the guys who played forever are feeling really screwed right now. They need yeah, to adjust yeah. that. Obviously, this isn't in yet, so I hope that they adjust that and do reward these people appropriately. But if it's, if it's exclusive random shit, not okay with it. Don't fucking do that. Always give another way to get it. It, it all comes down to what people i think people are in the beta right now i have to check it out because i am again like really concerned what the drops are exactly because like i said every character every skin every mount has multiple variants so are you just getting a variant or are you getting the entire thing like that will change if you get the entire thing that'll change the world for me but like I don't know yet because they didn't say. They never mentioned it. Well, that's like, like a difference of three times value, right? Like essentially at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, oh, okay. It, yeah, because you get the variants as you level up the character. So I'm like, okay, well then is that gone? Or do you get the character or the skin and then the levels affect the variants? I just need to see. I don't- I, I think don't that's think more likely. I think they'll just give you the mount or whatever and those variants you'll unlock the same way that you always did, most likely. But it depends on whether or not they go down the full like chroma skin route that League of Legends did, where it's like it's the same skin, but it's a different color, so that counts oh, as a random thing. Shit. And chat yeah. is saying that you're getting I, I don't know that I trust you, chat, but chat says <laughs> you get variants. If variance is what you get. All right. We'll hmm. see. We'll see. I don't know that I believe that yet. I'll have to play, but God help help me if that's the case. That's I will- really good <laughs> news to someone on the outside of Heroes of the Storm seeing your response be like I hope you're wrong. <laughs> God, I hope you're all wrong. <laughs> like, because yeah. like, here's the thing: <laughs> since they've made the change they made to make it a little bit more sillier, like Ragnaros is a fucking phenomenal character. He becomes towers, and he's he sets fun. the lava He's so down. fun to play too. Yeah, yeah every, like they've they've started to go in that direction. That's why I was really disappointed with Probius because he's just like a normal character. And I was like, yeah, oh, it should it should have been shit. crazy. Yeah, yeah, like if you could have made a character that was like. uh clash of kings or clash of clans or whatever that game is the the clash royale clash royale okay. you can make character where like probius went around and it spawned units that just kept pushing lanes like that would have been such a weird addition to this game i don't know i don't maybe i don't know game development at all but i just wish i just wish that they were like fuck it let's go weird let's just <laughs> right right all right, we're going to move on to releases because we just don't have time otherwise. So I've just sent you the release schedule. By the way, if you stick around to the end of the show, there'll be a very special surprise for live viewers only. 
I don't know what that means. But it will I'm not be in the VOD. Also don't know what that just means. saying. <laughs> you have no idea, do you? I just got this. I'm going to play it for the live viewers only. But anyway, let's move on to <laughs> right, the releases. So Here we go. March 29th, we have Ulama, Area of the Gods. Arena, Arena of, of the, the Gods. Gods. Yes, Arena of the Gods. Uh, it's a 2D brawler and team sport based game. Whatever the hell that is supposed to mean. It's... Uh, uh, hang on, I'm just sort of scrolling through the trailer here. It's, it seems like a mixture of sort of Smash Brothers with a sport, from what I can tell. It looks... Mm. Uh, this looks like a multiplayer mayhem kind of game, Jesse. If you're seeing it <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, man. I like yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There's a little bit of... Yeah, it's, so it is a, it's kind of a mixture of Smash and a ball game, by the looks of it. That's cool. Mm -hmm. The next game is Fallout Shelter, which we've all played before. Yep, they're finally putting it on Steam for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, next up is an alien with a magnet. What it, is this? It, it, welcome to the galaxy of an alien with a magnet. You are an alien that has a magnet. It is as simple as that. You fly through levels, Great. collecting stuff with a magnet and all that kind of thing. And it's, it seems like it's almost like one of those kind of pinball-like games where you don't directly control your character you try and like use different things bounce off different things like you shoot cannons in different directions use gravity to make your way through the levels it looks pretty cool uh before we go on incidentally bearing in mind we had a uh, we have a late show today as opposed to on tuesday a couple of games did end up coming out yesterday that are worthy of attention if mm -hmm. you noticed snake pass came out which is that cool banjo kazooie like game where you're a snake right i think we mentioned uh that and, uh, Rain World also came yes, out, Rain which World. I want to play so bad. Yeah. Yep, and uh, Rivals of Ether as well, which is the Smash Brothers-like game that's been in early access for like two years, is also out now as well, mm -hmm. full release. Yeah, um, okay, so moving on to March 30th, we have Scalpers. Scalpers. Uh, little shooter, little co-op shooter, looks yeah. like. Yeah, it's uh, Scalpers, Turtle, and the Moonshine Gang. Yeah, it's a little sort of twin-stick co-op with this weird western theme going on with it which i thought mm -hmm. looked kind of neat yeah uh and then i i have to assume you left this in just for jesse yep <laughs> on the road truck simulator absolutely because he really loves these kind of games yes indeed them. yep it is another truck simulator game there's a big market for these <laughs> jesse loves them he adores them <laughs> um the game after that is called pastry lovers uh -huh. it is an adventure simulation game set in pastry kingdom <laughs> but like i'm trying to figure out what where are the pastries there right? are pastries there are there are pastries look at the second screenshot there the is screenshot. It's, it's anime it's anime the but pastries like, are the, the anime right? i want this to be adventure time style where the world is made of pastries, pastries. it's not yeah it's i was not. ready for that it's an anime visual novel thing with yeah. some sort of pastry making cooking mini totally game involved yeah it. it's a vn with yeah bakers yes yeah. <laughs> okay i'm skipping around the video and all i'm seeing is kissing anime boys there's actually no pastries in here i'm sorry guys. there are, there are some pastries oh fuck it's a game about pastries turning into hot boys Okay, okay next if this game. ended up being How to Full Boyfriend, that would rule, right? Okay. <laughs> next game is called Swarm Universe. Yeah, sequel to a thing I actually did a video on years ago called Swarm Arena that was a really cool twin stick. This is a big kind of twin stick high score shooter with a ton of modifiers and mutators and things like that. And the bullets, you kind of use a gravity field to build a big swarm of bullets and just fire them out at the enemy. It's quite fun to play. Also has uh, modding tools built in right off the bat, so... There might be a lot of interesting variants that come out for that one. 
Cool. The next one is Enigma Sphere Enhanced Edition. Indeed. It is VR. We, yeah. VR. Yeah. Kinda. Like it's it's very hard to explain. I looked at it and like it's a I think it's a VR puzzle game of some description. The description of it was weird as hell and didn't explain anything. It's like loaded with new game modes and exciting gameplay experiences that will provide gamer satisfaction. It also has online multiplayer of some description, like a co-op mode in a sort of puzzle game thing. Strange. The next one I'll definitely play. It's called The Eagle's Air. It's another one of those choose-your-own-adventure games. Yep. Yeah. Choose-your-own-adventure so book. Steampunk Napoleon, essentially, is this one. Mm -hmm. uh, the guys that make these games, they all kind of look the same. They're all basically choose-your-own-adventure books, but most of them are very, very good. They're also all available on iOS. Uh, the game after that is called Beat Cop. Indeed, I'm interested in this TV one. TV gave me a key for it, and I'm so yep. excited to play it. Yep, uh, I played this at PAX about a year ago. It looked like it had a lot going with it. 11-bit uh, was involved, mm -hmm. if I recall correctly. 11, what was 11? I can't quite remember what 11-bit did. Oh, yeah, they were part of the Anomaly Wars on Earth and This War of Mine. Those guys, yep. they were involved oh, with nice. it. And also the developer Pixel Crow. And you're a beat cop, kind of in the 80s. And you've got to run around trying to solve crimes and getting involved in weird down dirty things and making moral choices and eating donuts awesome. and all that sort of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it looked really legit when I played it at PAX. The next game is called Miniature Garden. It looks like a super moe, creepy <laughs> visual novel. I left a couple of those in because apparently it's a week, a week of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mystery game, but there are definitely some screenshots where some of those girls look real creepy and i'm like they that probably is an intriguing angle to choose and intriguing a, i mean bad yes there was yeah. a lot of, a lot of uh yeah weird creepy death and hey look at these sexy anime girls it's weird and creepy right. yeah let's go on uh tank <laughs> battle east front is the next game this, this this company makes so many goddamn games they're called hex war they released a pretty terrible 40k game recently and now they've got yeah another tank battle game another hex based tank battle game they all seem to play exactly the damn same this next one looks cool. It's called uh -huh. Thimbleweed Park. Yep, we talked about that on last week's show. It was brought <laughs> up uh, by Tarmac. And, of course, Creators of Monkey Island and Maniac Mansion made this one. This game has been in development for a long time. Yeah. The game after that is called Cryptocracy, but I can't find it. Yeah. Cryptocracy, maybe? Cryptocracy, yes. Um, I only included this because I have no uh, idea what the hell's going on. It seems to be a conspiracy-driven oh, match three. What? Yeah, I know. Sure. I'm, Wait, I'm, I'm deadly serious. It's fucking bizarre. I have no idea what's happening with this game. It's like, find out the real truth about politics and the way that the world is with this match three game somehow. It looks kind oh of God. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's really nuts. And I'm super intrigued as a result. <laughs> oh the game after that is called Nightstar Rogue Wings. Mm, yeah, it, look, uh, it looks like a really cool space shooter. It's early yeah. access, but like visually, it looks pretty damn amazing. Just sort of skipping through it to get to the actual gameplay. There we go. Yeah, yeah well. so very you know, arcade kind of. You can do cockpit view, but also sort of behind it, kind of three uh, D shooter that looks really cool. The next game is uh, looks like Vikings, 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 and I'm into it. It's called The Great Whale Road. Yep, story driven, turn based tactics, early Middle Ages. Um, interesting time period to base this game i don't see many games do that uh, so you're dealing with the normans and the saxons and all that kind of thing 
which I found very interesting. Um, the next game on March 31st is Pack Up Plus, which I've played on my channel before. Yeah. And it's a game where your girlfriend gets turned into an alpaca. Oh, yeah. My I God. kept this in for that reason and that reason alone. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's, it is an alpaca dating great. sim. Like, I'm just hoping God. because when I played it, the <laughs> translation was fucking awful. Like, the hottest garbage I've ever seen. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that they didn't change it. <laughs> I hope yeah. that it's still as terrible as it was. The when art I on it. the alpaca is hilarious. Right? Like, it's I, so I, good. Everyone, please, please look at this just this for the adorable. face they put on the goddamn alpaca. It's it is amazing. Ridiculous. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Project Lux. It's um, another I'm... dumb murder mystery visual novel, but you need a VR headset to play this one. Oh, oh shit. Shit. So I can't imagine what's going on with that. Um, it's the, it's actually like fully animated, you know, but it's bizarre. It, it look it. I'm not okay with anime games being in VR. I think there's too much potential <laughs> for weird shit to happen. <laughs> the next one is another visual novel. Hot yeah, damn! Jesus uh, Christ, Flamel's yeah. Miracle. Yeah. Sure. The second video, the second preview video has eight titties in seven seconds, which yep. is amazing. Yes, boobs, boobs, right. boobs, incredible boobs, boobs. Oh, I'm looking. Wow. Boobs, <laughs> boobs. Uh, and th th it's actually wow. a Chinese visual novel and not a Japanese one, which is unusual. There yeah. you go. But boobs, boobs, boobs. Mm. All right. Moving on. Next up is Riders of Asgard. Yeah. A Viking BMX game? What uh -huh. the fuck? Aha, uh -huh. Viking BMXs. Why would you not want this? Just saying. I, yeah, it's like <laughs> take, it. take trials and put Vikings in it. And that's what mm -hmm. this is. The next one is called Downward Spiral Prologue. Looks like another space game. It oh, is. Game. Yeah, it's it interested in me because it is a, a VR multiplayer game. Obviously, there aren't all that many of those. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so it's an action-adventure multiplayer game with free movement, and it's in space, so you're floating and all that shit. So that was kind of cool. The next one is called Castle Explorer. It looks like it's it's like a board game. It is a board like game. a digital version of a board game, right? Yep, it is a board game. That's why I kept it in there, because I'm heavily biased towards board games. Uh, <laughs> it's a magical digital board game where you must explore a castle. It seems like it's a kind of a tile-laying game with randomly generated mazes and all that sort of thing. Oh, my God, this next game looks like... Bullet Hell, an actual bullet hell. Um, Chasing Sticks is the name of this game. You are quite literally a fucking Cerberus. It is run and gun bullet hell twitch twin stick shooter, whereas you and you are a Cerberus. So you can, but they can detach its head. And this game is apparently free. So I'm told. Hmm. But I don't know how true that is. I mean, it listed and on Couch Steam as free, but on top yeah. of that, for a bullet uh, hell, that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, so I'm interested to see if it actually is free or if Steam just got it wrong. But yeah, that, mm -hmm. I thought this looked pretty neat. Yeah, depends the, on hitboxes and bullet patterns and all in, that. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. The next game is called State of Anarchy: Master of Mayhem. There's already one State there of Anarchy is. game, yes. so this is a sequel, I assume. Yeah, they've got this sort of weird hand-drawn pencil doodle style going on with them. It's sort of like, hey, what if we did sort of Grand Theft Auto and Hatred, but we drew it with colored pencils and did it from top down. It kind of gave me this old-school GTA 1 vibe a little bit with a bit of Smash TV thrown in, so it looks like it might have some legs. The next game is called Mr. Donovan. It's listing itself as a single-player online battle open world game. What does that even mean? I don't, I don't know. even know. Uh, it, it's, it's like... 
it I guess pretty. Yeah, I guess it's a sort of it's a weird name for it too. The sort of basic idea of having like a few abilities on cooldown, sort of MOBA Dota style. Uh, but you can also steal abilities from more powerful creatures and all that kind of thing as you advance through the game. I thought it might be a little. Is it hobby grade genre blended multi mode competitive esports? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it's actually it's all single player, so I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say how that's going to turn out. Um, I'm skipping the next one, TB, because we've already talked about it before. Uh, yes, we have. You're right. Good, we because the next one after that is so cool. Yeah, let's go for the next one. The next one is called Tiny Thor. Look at it. Yeah, this play looks... Tiny Thor. Yeah. He's what... Tiny Thor. Looks at very like Volgar the Viking-esque uh, in mm. terms oh, of man. it, but yeah, it looks oh, like a that, pretty decent it. platformer. That, that jump animation is like ripped from Mega Man 8. Right. Like, that is like uh, yep. spot on Meg Wait, is it eight or seven i think eight's the playstation one it's that it's not sure but that one of the two joke. definitely yeah, yeah not something x. like well, that kind of x2 yeah actually yeah it's but yeah that looks like that kind of game that actually All looks right. pretty dope moving on to the deep Next end game is deep end a parkour platformer <laughs> vr oh, it's a vr parkour platformer i only one rule is don't fall into the pool because i assume someone peed in it or whatever i don't know <laughs> and the last game is called sketch run what yeah. the shit is this game? It seems to be... You remember Line Rider back in the day? Oh, it seems yes. like that crossed with kind of Mario Maker-esque thing where you have to draw the platforms and the level as you go, which I thought was pretty neat. And tell the character inputs in advance. So you have to like say, like, jump here, fire here, that kind of thing is what it looks yeah, like. So yeah, so it's like a programming game in that respect, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, oh, was, uh, that had some potential there. And I skipped a ton of crap because there's about 10 retro-inspired platformers this week and a bunch of other random crap that uh, is not on this list. So there you go. Not that anyone cares about anything here because they're just waiting for Persona, but hey, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just a reminder, of course, Has Been Heroes did come out yesterday as well. That's one thing we did miss. Yeah, so you can pick that up. That pretty much wraps it up. I have to leave in the next few minutes. So very quickly, Jesse, what's coming up on the channel this week? What's going on? Yo, just more videos and fun and awesome stuff at Jesse Cox to figure out what's going on on the Tweetster. Tight Tuesday. What do you got coming up? What's going on? Uh, I plan on doing more speedruns of Sonic 2006 on my channel oh. at some point here soon. So Dear there's, there's God that in heaven. Nice. It rules. It's so good. I wish you didn't have to leave so I could tell you more. <laughs> <laughs> we must escape immediately. Dodger. <laughs> Um, hi, I do anime, I do gaming, uh, I do an unboxing show with my fiance, all kinds of dumb shit. I would love it if you would come hang out. I also stream. Yeah. Yes, indeed you do. Uh, our channels are going to be saturated with sponsored videos for Mirage Arcane Warfare over the they next are, few days. That's I guarantee. <laughs> I'm heading over to the West Coast for a couple of days. Corporal Podcast Vote will be up. There'll be a couple more Mirage videos. And that pretty much is it. Ty, Tuesday on Wednesday. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Very much appreciate it. Thanks for coming at such short notice. Fill in the spot. Thank you. No problem. Much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank Our you. pleasure. Go check out his channel. It's been under his face for the last three hours. You can't miss it. Ty, Tuesday, SA is the place <laughs> to go on YouTube. And I've got one final little present for you all. Exclusive oh, for the live Six viewers only. Everyone else oh. is going to have to wait a little bit. I just oh, got the no. brand new Co-Optional Animated in. You get to watch it. Nobody fucking else does, at least until tomorrow. So here we go. Brand new. I haven't even seen it. Could be terrible. We're about to find out. You've been watching the Cooptional Podcast. Thanks to our sponsor today, Squarespace. Squarespace.com slash Cooptional. 10% of your first order and a free trial. What else could you ask for? We're done. Thank you very much. Here's the latest Cooptional Animated. Goodbye. Bye.